Hello two. and welcome to Motor Cult, <laughs> episode fifty. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. That was not me ruining. No, the no, I nope, just decided me. to start it, and then we also have John Hari. <laughs> That's our guest who ruined it for everyone. And yes. we're also You're streaming welcome. to his Twitch right now, which is this is going to be a first for us actually streaming it live intentionally. You're welcome for all the publicity you're getting. Thanks, get from man. This. To everyone that's watching Motor Cult for the first time, from we the, just drink the, and talk about the, cars. The five neck beards on Twitch. <laughs> The five oh, yeah. neckbeards on Twitch that are watching John's <laughs> channel right now. Yeah, thank you. Hello there. Thank you for your time. I, I, I like your fedora. <laughs> Hello, industrious little fellows. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off the air in India. Right now, which is weird because usually I'm able to hide from it. Yeah, yeah well, no, here I, you I are. fixed all the settings and like apparently the table webcam. It's a 1080p Logitech. And it was like set on default settings, which was 320 by 240. Yeah. So I fixed it. No, so I'm going to be on camera. 320 by 240 is so low. So all of our streams in the past were really low resolution. Now they're better. So anyway, let's move right on to beer. Uh, I'm doing New Glarus Brewing uh, Staghorn, which John kindly brought. Yep. Yes. Same here. Oh, I'm open mine. Oh, Ryan can actually open his on camera. That'll be nice. What a guest. Brings the beer. I know. Usually we make people do that, but I didn't force you to do it. So I did on my own because I'm a nice person. Delicious. On, on your honor. Oh, man. We're only at 30% CPU usage. This is ridiculous. This is <laughs> absolutely delicious. Also, can I point out, this is our 50th episode. Yay. That's incredible. We've only been recording for, I think, since March of this year. Does that sound right? Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, so I'm like, well, two episodes a week. So. Yeah. Well, from, for the half, most part, sometimes six we don't months. have time. But. More or less about six months, seven months. Yeah. Somewhere I guess there. that, okay, fine. That adds up perfectly, yeah. as it should. But anyway, all right, John, we lured you, well, I lured you down here for uh, a topic near and dear to my heart, but before we get to that, uh, we have a couple of standard guest questions, and the first one is really important, and there are right and wrong answers on this podcast, so. I'm sure I'll get it right. Would you prefer drive a slow car quickly, or a quickly car slowly? Uh, well, I drive E30s, so mm. I think that kind of answers the question. Uh, nah, slow car is best. Okay, okay, that's the correct answer. It, uh, E30 is a slow car. It's just his, a his very, very... With, an M, with M20s and... No, I mean, like... M20s. I mean, his M3 is fairly slow, but, like, the 325 is pretty oh, yeah. quick. No, I was going to say, there were very, very slow vehicles that are very, very capable. Okay. Uh, it's like the Honda Civic of, like, BMW, where it's... It, it is, like, has no business being as capable as it is. We make a lot of very bold, sweeping claims, and uh, I stand behind them. Yes, so. that is true. All right, fine. That's the right answer. Second question. Sweet. We have something called, I don't know if you actually listen to Motor Cult or not outside of this, but about seven yes, months he does. ago That's now, the correct answer. Yes, okay, yes he does. Every most, episode. Most people actually die Diehard do. fan. In fact, <laughs> yes, he does, because he pointed out that one of our YouTube episodes does not have any audio in it. Yeah. <laughs> like the day after I uploaded it. Anyway. Um, so last winter I was down in San Diego and, uh, found a 1980, I think four Mondial, which is a four seat hardtop Ferrari. From yes. I'm very 80s. familiar with that car. Are you? Cause you sounded at the no. beginning of this episode, <laughs> like you knew nothing about it. I knew it was a car. Okay. Sounds good. Well, it's, it's a very undesirable as far as far as are concerned. Okay. Four seater hardtop Ferrari. As far as I'm concerned, it's my favorite Ferrari, but it originally had a transverse mounted v8 with a transaxle and this okay. one had no engine or transmission at all and it was for sale for sixty five hundred dollars and i really wanted to buy it but i missed out 
So my question to you is, you are not allowed to put the original engine and transmission back in this thing. You're not allowed to cut any sheet metal. So you have to pick an engine that is transverse, so mounted sideways, and no longer than a four or V8 cylinder configuration. Hmm. What, what are you going to put in that thing? Man, um, that is an excellent question. It's could, a very loaded can, question. Could, could you fit a like super duper small six cylinder? Uh, I don't. You might be able to. I don't think without cutting metal. I, I was thinking like, like the, the Volvo. Volvo. Yeah, yeah, because they have really short transmissions. I think that's how they do it. Okay. But I don't know. I, okay, fine. Maybe you could put a five cylinder in it. But well, Volkswagen two point five or the Volvo two fives. It's true. Or you could just put an S14 in there and then just kind of turn it. No, no, no. But see, you have to you yeah, have, have to have a transmission that realistically is either available for it or has a commonly available adapter kit for I'm it. I'm sure there's some adapters for that. No. Well, no. All right. So <laughs> nobody puts BMW engines in a transverse. So, uh, John, for reference, I said a rotary engine because I know for a fact that there is a adapter plate that adapts a rotary to a AE101 Corolla transmission, the mid-90s Corollas. And I or, said or, a three and a half, well, three point three liter Camry V six with a factory supercharger and a Solara they came manual. Came supercharged. Yeah, TRD yeah, had an option for a supercharger, <clears throat> which Dealer fits wow, in Toyota vans, and it would be very powerful, very reliable, and cheap. That Unless you have oil sick. sludge issues, <laughs> like Gino has. Whatever, change the oil yeah, once in a while. Bandit has. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, my my poor Sienna has a lot of sludge, and everybody likes to point it out. But I'm like, I, I know. Still goes. Still, <laughs> still goes. Storks. It's fine. Yep. And they're like, you should you should clean the engine, and I'm like, I will. And they're like, oh, not with a garden hose. And I was like, okay, I'm leaving and never coming back. Yeah. Yep. I was gonna use a power washer full of jelly. So it, it, exactly. <laughs> a power <laughs> washer full of jelly. You heard it here first, folks. Power washer full of jelly. All right. Well, uh, now we've stalled. What you, yeah. What, what do you what do you want <clears throat> to put into your car? One of the things that you guys said. John's no longer allowed back on the show. <laughs> you're going to put okay, like... This uh, is my one failed, and only time. He failed the, he failed the question. You're going to put like the old Camry motor in there, the four-cylinder with the auto from Zach's old car? Yeah. Cool. Automatic 5 SFE. That's that's John's swap. It I would really, honestly probably be about as quick. Yeah, probably. I really All wish right. we kept that car, though. Yeah, you it, probably should have. It really wasn't that bad. No. If you slammed the trunk hard enough, it would have probably closed oh my eventually. God. Rip, drunk, ripping, ripping pieces. Drunk drivers. Thanks for ruining that car. All right. So, John, we already pretty much spilled the beans that you own E30s. So you've got an 89 325 coupe. Is that right? Yes. And I have an 88 M3 and oh, now yeah. a 87 325i convertible. Did you make it so all the suspension works now? Yes. Is it much better? It is. It is amazingly better. Like, it was <laughs> laugh it, laughably, like... That was super bad, yeah. I remember that when you first got it. It was down here a couple of weeks ago, and you could literally just like smush on the front corner a couple times, and it would just like bounce like one or two times after. It was like a water. It was bed. it was literally a diving board, like diving yeah. board bumpers, and you could go off of those bumpers like yeah. a diving board. Park it next to a pool, you're gonna have a good time. Yeah. Now yeah. you're gonna have a reasonably poor time, I suppose. But yeah, anyway, it's so much nicer. I, I'm excited to see what you end up doing with that. I want to see Euro bumpers on it. Obviously, the the Euro fascia. Isn't that like it, it's that really cool like dark gray with red, right? With the it's, red interior, African American yeah. on the outside. Yeah, it's black and then. Oh, it's black on the uh, outside. Cardinal. Yeah, red. with the red. Yeah, yeah, that that's a great color combo. Also, a color combo. I think that should make a comeback because I think red interiors look dope. My first, uh, my first G30 was a convertible, black on red. Yeah, I think I think that looks really cool. That's. I agree. 
I, I would much rather see a black and red car than a red and black. Because everybody's oh, yeah. got red and black. I mean, I have a bunch of red and black. Cars. Yeah, and you, I you don't, have an abundance of them. I yeah. don't want any more red cars. Like, yeah, but I it's think, a used car. You can't be picky. That's the thing. That's why well, after I, a while. That's <laughs> why my van is gray. Because trying to find a Mazda Mazda Five with manual, it not gray is just impossible. Sorry, I'm looking at Harry's Twitch chat. It's, no, it's, it's fine. Don't worry. Don't <laughs> it's worry okay. about that. All right. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask anything beyond that because that is my feeble attempt at a segue. This episode is all about the BMW E33 series, which is why I forced you to come down here. This is the only car I know anything about. Right. We are kind of the local go-to people when it comes to E30 chassis because we're both just really thoroughly unhealthy people. But um, to start on this topic, I want to start all the way back at the 1600, the E10, and the 2002 that came after that. That was kind of the first... I'm not going to say the first necessarily because Datsun did a really good job in the the late 60s and early 70s bringing reliable, fun, small cars to the world and the masses. But the 2002 was wildly renowned as being one of the first reliable cars you could use every day and still have fun at like track events and hooning the piss out of it. What year did that come out? 1967. Yeah, so that did beat the 510 a little bit. It beat the 510 for sure, but like the 120Y and stuff like that was still pretty fun. Yeah, well, so like that era... I do really like cars of that era, the kind of sports, you know, sedans of that era. Because you had the 2002, you had the 510, mm-hmm. you had the, um, the actually the Corolla SR5, where they had the Sprinter version. Yeah, yeah. All the, Al- the Alpha Julia sedan. Mm-hmm. So the car was, had quite a bit of competition. Right, but I mean, the only thing that really was competing with was the Datsun, because they're the only yeah. two reliable ones. That, no, it's true. Well, <laughs> even though the Alpha won every race, they, right. they were all in, yeah. But oh, they, and then they the, broke shortly the, after. the Renault 8 Gordini as well. But the 2002 had all the right pieces, because it had the yeah. reliability of the Japanese car. It had independent rear suspension, which the Japanese car didn't have at that time. Yes. And it just had, it had like a, a four-speed manual, and it had three-speed auto option at the time, which I hope nobody bought. But that car really got BMW out to the masses. But before that, they really weren't selling cars to consumers in this country. Actually, I, I think the 2002 also had Itali- uh, an Italian design, too. I think it was Giovanni Michelotia did that. Could be. I'm, I'm double-checking no double it right now. I have one, but I have no idea who designed it. But yeah, BMW definitely advertised that as like a family car that you can, you can have fun with. And I still have yet to drive one, even though I've owned one for more than a year. <laughs> but I'm told they're really, really good. Steve, I mean, Steve let me drive uh, his red one that has 38 uh, fog lights on the front of oh, it. Oh, yeah. And it's got the smoothie steelies or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's got a lot. It's <laughs> kind of looks like... It's the early version of what I would do with light bars, basically. And I don't know. but So after that car got updated a whole bunch of times and ended its production in 1976... Yes, it, w- it was Giovanni Michelotti that... They replaced that. it with the first 3 Series. So they actually brought out the naming moniker 320. That was the first three series. They carried over the engine from the 2002. They carried over a lot of the suspension, but they added a lot of weight to it, and they kind of reduced the overall sharpness. And I think that kind of gave the car a little bit of a bad rap. And unfortunately, it was also released two years before the fuel crisis in our country. So, I mean, the, the cars were pretty economical. They came with the two-liter four-cylinder originally, but the design was pretty ahead of its time. And I think the E21, although it, it had a pretty short run, I think it went 78 to 83, um, it it's actually pretty well liked by people that own them, but it's kind of a Some, victim of being 70, trapped between <laughs> two of the best cars of all time, basically. It yeah. was uh, 75 to 83 with continuation in Malaysia. Started production in 75, so 76 was the first model year, but we didn't get them until 77 or 78. 
And for, I guess I should clarify in this episode, a lot of the information that we're talking about now and going forward is U.S. specifications. stuff. Yes, we should. We should because specify, if yeah. we get to the worldwide spec stuff, it gets way, way too confusing. It's like it's like when we eventually do it, you have civic episode, and it's just going to be. F- I am I'm going to force you to American distill only. the shit out of that. Yeah, one, that, yeah. that that's, that's going to take like three hours. It, it'll be as long as this could potentially be. Part one, JDM. <laughs> part two, USDM. Part part three, UKDM. Part four, Scottish domestic market. <laughs> like, and then there could be like a USDM, JDM back to USDM. Like, it's it's really. It's a, <laughs> There's too many domestic markets. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really anyway. So well, let's reel it back in because I'm sorry I'm hijacking your German car episode that, with Japanese crap. <laughs> oh, it's just E30. A German car episode would also take way too long. But Yes, that's true. Yeah. So alongside the introduction of the E21 in our country, the E30 was actually being designed. So the final design actually ended in 1978, and it was shelved until 1979 when it was approved. And then, of course, we didn't see production cars until late 1982 for the 83 model year. But people saw did leaked you, images of the E30 design when the E21 was on sale, even did, when it was brand new. Did you know that Paul Barak, the guy that designed the E21, also designed like all the Pope mobiles until he died? Even the Mercedes G-Wagon? I don't know when he died. <laughs> or actually, it might still be be alive, but yeah, he's done a bunch of Pope mobiles. So I think what they need to do is get a really <laughs> nice 323i and turn that into the next Pope mobile. Yes, I concur. I, I would, yeah. I think that makes good sense. So anyway, skipping right ahead to 1983, we didn't actually get the car until 84. Ugh. But anyway, the uh, the E30 was a fully a digitized model. I think it wasn't the first car to do this, but they actually had like they they had a, a three axis micrometer where they would touch like millions of points on this car and it would record it in data tapes. So it actually was a computerized model. I, I, I just even if it the wasn't fucking internet. God even, damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Even if it wasn't CAD like the E36, but um, the car had really, really good crash protection for its day. Uh, now, of course, it's just a complete death trap, and of course, they didn't have airbags at the beginning. Oh, no. Oh, God, That's no. That's a lot of noise. <laughs> Why did you not turn your noise off? <laughs> Sorry. I am, I'm playing this uh, really... That's actually kind of a short but really cool um, E30 history boots. video. Any boots? Yeah, boot ad, apparently. I don't have ad block on this thing. So, Jesus. Yep. So, <laughs> God damn it. Amateur <laughs> I don't know. Um, the, the E30 was a really, really high-tech car for its time. It seems really absurd to think that now, just looking back on it. The car has, like, no tech in it. Like, ooh, cool, it's got power windows. No, but if you compare that to Mercedes 190, like, yeah. mechanically, They're like, that similar. is... Well, I mean, electronic fuel injection. Show yeah, like E30 like, was so electronic, yeah. and, and the 190 was still very much vacuum and, well, you know, it, mechanical. I, I think, well, a lot of people, they'll compare the E30, because the E30 was made for so long, they compare it to cars from the late 80s. Yeah. And you have to understand, the 80s, the changes that happened in the 80s, like, if you saw two cars, like, mechanically, you did not see the bodywork on them. Yeah. You would think one car was from 20 years prior. Like, there's oh, a massive yeah. quantum leap. That's why I love cars <laughs> from the 80s Remember the Rover so SD1? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, um, I, I think for people that aren't as well-versed in BMW... Yeah. Uh, comparing the E30 electronically, uh, you really you can't compare it to you know a later model 190 or or like even a CA yeah. Accord. You have to compare it to honestly like a Chevette or well, some, something like, it to like, like 1990s Japanese cars. I mean, there were well, I, I mean, when when you're saying in the in technology, yeah. like to think of what the average car came with at that point in time, mm-hmm. like. 
the Chevette really was kind of what you had. Like you had a carburetor, you had a, maybe an automatic transmission, you had an AC that sort of worked, and then you had a, a very high cost option AC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you're really lucky, you got a tape deck or eight track player. But uh, this that sounds one, really like, dreary, dull, and terrible. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? But when you get into E30, like. Mm-hmm. It, 1982 or early 83, I guess. I mean, for the the sake of what we're talking about, I'm kind of starting with 84 because that was our first real model year. But I mean, yeah, that car, I mean, it had the optional 2.7 liter straight six. So that was actually pulled out of the five series efficiency model from 82. But I mean, that thing had a full trip computer with like range, average fuel economy. It had like a conditional based oil service monitor on it. It would tell you when your car needed inspections and things like that. Obviously, it had things like power windows. Had a clock. It had a clock. It had an outside Amazing. temperature button thing, so you could see how cold it was outside. That's super rad, actually. I mean, it, it had just tons of tech in it. It had a little panel on the top that would yeah, tell you when a taillight bulb was yeah. out. They don't work. Yeah, none of them ever. <laughs> They're all, your taillights are always out, and you're always out apparently. of engine oil, apparently. But um, No, Su- Subaru had that, but it was only on the, the highest trim level GL10 mm-hmm. in, like, 1986. Right. And that was, you know, on a car that cost... $30,000 over what their basic asking price is. Right. Like, do you want two base cars or do you want one of these? Yeah, basically. Okay, cool. Like the E30 just came with that. Right. I mean, they did sell us a 318, but they weren't popular. I mean, people yeah, paid the little extra money to get But the... even then, you got like... You got you. It was all yeah. optional at that point. Like the the early three eighteens we got were actually pretty close to Euro cars, and they had drum rear brakes. They didn't have factory air conditioning. I mean, you could buy it, but it wasn't like a standard thing. Yeah. And you could get them with crank windows. I think it's another thing we should mention is the fact that it came, so many of them come with rear disc. Yeah, uh, almost every one of them came with factory AC, full power windows, um, the thing you just said, which I just forgot about that, rear discs. Um, You know, another thing, uh, when I look at E30. Full tool kit. Yeah, when when you get an E30, like, it has the same amount of kit that my Cressida has. And my Cressida at that point in time was, like, one of the most advanced... Yeah, it was one of the yeah. most advanced Japanese cars we had in the market. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just, it's a massive quantum leap. And I think when a lot of people say that BMW used to be, you know, driver-friendly only, it was just a driver's car, it, you really have to put this into context that they still were at the cutting edge of tech in oh, yeah. 1982, 3, 4, and 5. Yeah, I, I wasn't alive at that time, but I mean, things were... Uh, pretty ahead of their time in this car. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just I can't even imagine the the little instantaneous fuel economy needle like on the gauge cluster, like seeing that in 1983. Yeah, and be like, what the hell yeah. is this? Not the most <laughs> accurate thing, but still, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, it was it was okay. I it mean, works. it worked yeah. in Blau 30. I drove that thing with the 27 for a couple of years, and like it wasn't that far off. It gave you an idea of That's like what cool. to compare it to. But yeah, how does that how does that actually work? It takes the ground signal from the number six fuel injector, and oh, it right. just measures the pulse length. That's all it and does. And it just, just yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does math. Because, I mean, that's it, cool. it, it assumes, yeah, it assumes a fixed temperature and it assumes a, a constant fuel pressure and that's it can so- actually get pretty <laughs> close with that. That's how the onboard computer thing works. Oh, too. Okay. Yeah. So I could actually wire that in to work with the S54, but it wouldn't be calibrated properly because it's calibrated for a 19 pound fuel injector. Okay. At 43.5 PSI. I would just do it just because it'll make, it'll move. It, it might work. I mean, it runs 90 PSI Wait, fuel pressure. Are now. you talking about your M3? Yeah. There's no. That's not in your uh, cluster. It's not in an M3 cluster. Oh, right, but I can make the oil. OBC work yes. for the fuel economy thing. Do you still have an OBC in that? I do. I should probably get that out of there. Analog clocks, man. I know. I think I have one, but like I don't know where it is. Oh, it's in my basement. 
Okay, I'll put an analog clock in there. Next to my <laughs> two perfect six-button onboard computers, which are now gold. So being the only person here that hasn't owned an E30, shockingly. Jana also it, hasn't. Well, yeah, whatever. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> she said three words this entire episode. <laughs> Welcome back, by the way. It was good to hear about your uh, van trip to uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was super fun. <laughs> Excellent. I remember all of it. <laughs> 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 I'm um, glad you cleared the cold or whatever you had. It, yeah, oh yeah it was I have really got the cold now. <laughs> but Same. Um, <clears throat> all, all my references, just because of all of my cars, the only car I have that really keeps up with the E30, I think, mm-hmm. and as far as tech, would be my uh, 86 Super GL10 and my mechanically my which is my running Cressida. currently, right? Mm, yes. Okay. Both of them. Sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a low blow. <laughs> one runs, one drives. Put them together, you got a running, driving car. There we go. Ah, Mazda 5, how we love you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that one's reliable. <laughs> anyway, back to the first intro year of the E30. Um, when these things first started coming on the scene for uh, reviewers like John Davis, to do their initial reviews on, everyone was praising the thing for how well made it was, how good the styling was, and how well it drove. And these are all things we still find today. I mean, that's why they're so desirable. And, I mean, the build quality really has stood the test of time. I mean, most of these things just got beat to death. And, I mean, a lot of them are still around. Yeah, they're, I've driven they're, a lot of really shitty ones, and they still drive better than okay American cars. Like, even uh, well, John's very, like, I can't speak to it because I didn't drive it when it was all blown up. But, like, I've driven a bunch of clapped out E30s, and they're still was, a bunch of fun. Yeah, like, it's still fun to drive, but... When you're going on the highway and there's no bumps on the highway, but you're still just going up and down, it's just like, eh, we should probably refresh that suspension. I think that's like a whole subculture. They do that with like hydraulics. <laughs> so you could have just put some, some so, air rods in that thing. You know, my question is, um, Mazda, they do factory restorations for the Miata. Why doesn't BMW do that for the E30? I bet they might at some point. Um, the... Uh, Jaguar does that too. Yeah, and yeah, I think the the first ever Miata factory restore just happened. Yeah, just finished. Yeah, yeah, it's a gorgeous car. I think it was even that blue color that looks so nice. Uh, it was uh, British Racing Green. Actually. Oh, was it? Okay. Yep. But anyway, I, I but the BMW has I forget what the the sub thing is called. It's where you buy all like the vintage parts from. They do the reproduction oh, runs. They Classic. they do that as well. Classic something. Because Mercedes does that. Mercedes like, is a lot better yeah. with like the with the parts. corner markers for the E30 M3. They're made by this BMW Classic Reproductions. I forget the name of it though. But there is an entire subgroup in BMW that just remakes old classic parts. That's fantastic. So, I mean, those people could easily fully refurb an E30. That's, that's really cool. But the thing is, hey Subaru, <clears throat> you should do that. There are so <laughs> many people out there that specialize in restoring vintage German cars, and they do it so well. Yeah. In some cases, better than the factory. I don't really know if there's demand for it. Yeah. Because there's that workshop place out of Chicago that does a lot of 2002s. Okay. And they also do E30s. And they, they make them like better than factory original. Just gorgeous, beautiful cars. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I think the main problem, though, is just there's so many parts that sometimes you can't get. So right. that's the problem. So like if, if BMW did do something where you know they would restore the cars, that would be... What what have what have you guys found is the hardest part to find? Because for me, like with my cars, it's like weather stripping and like weird shit it like that. Depends on the E30. If we're talking specifically the M3, there's a bunch of stuff. And I would say anything S14 related, the engine. Yeah, the yeah. whole engine. I yeah, there. I think they're still making like normal engine blocks, like 2.3, but like the 2.5 motors, like 
tons of stuff for that. I don't think they're really making anymore. Everyone's hoarding the parts. Like Weird. There's, there's we people, would never do that. There's people with a lot more money than probably all John, of us do here. you hoard parts? I don't. Not, not the super expensive, like... I don't have Evo 3 blocks just sitting in my basement. I don't either. I just I have think, Evo 3 dead pedals. I think if I posted pictures of the basement, like all the owners of E30s would come would, murder me. They would you. come yeah. rob me. That's true. Your they wouldn't murder was... me. They would just rob me. Yeah, your, your basement <clears throat> looks like Fort Knox. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was like five <laughs> sets of StarTech sitting next to seven Evo 3 dead pedals and a bunch of interior clocks. And I've got like three or four E30 M3 clusters yeah. down there. See, Honda people, they did that, but they did it to a point with civics that it, it just it killed the car because it was honda had no intention of ever coming back to it and what the thing was is people were hoarding the parts yeah and it was kind of like um the who's what's the diamond company dubois or something no idea yeah it's like the that company that hoards diamonds in europe and they just crank oh up de beers the, de beers yeah. yeah and they just crank up the price yeah of diamonds artificially. artificially that's yeah. how e30 m3 markets work but also those cars are worth a shit ton of money yeah so and people will, are willing to pay yeah, and that's the thing it's like whereas like with the honda community like these are still relatively cheap cars. right and that that's why it doesn't work in the yeah UK's. no it doesn't work in that and it but bmw's it, it it really it makes sense, I guess, because you're yeah. also it's like you know it's rich douchebags ripping off rich douchebags at this point. With, Correct. With I, a, a lot of like old school E30 owners, like your traditional E30 owner that just like a good car, getting caught in the crossfire. Yes and no. Um, standard E30s don't have the parts that are hard to find for M3s though installed on them. So the That's only true. case you're really killing is, is it, it is, it's just the it's just the M3 that has this issue pretty much okay. not always if you have an IX which we'll get to a little later same problem as the E30 M3 and they're cheap like the Civics so yeah. the, that's the same thing as what you're talking about okay where those cars are just like if you own one and it's not like perfect you're you you're are screwed. fucked I mean I also hoard IX parts because I deliberately kill those cars because they're terrible <laughs> but. <clears throat> You know, I've driven one versus another M3. I get what you're M3? saying. I mean, E30? No, no, E30, yeah, I'm standard, sorry. Standard E30s are much better. It is much better. But I would still say that the IX versus anything else yeah. will hold quite the candle. Oh, yeah. It's it's a really good car if you're not comparing it to the <laughs> way better rear-wheel drive E30. Yeah, that, that that's exactly like, what Like, if it you're is. comparing that to an Audi 90 or something, you're like, oh, my God. Who would yeah. ever buy the Audi? I, I ask myself that every day. Exactly. I think the bad thing with M3s in particular is just, like, the body panels. Oh, like, God. Like, if your engine blows up, you can always put a different... You can put an S54, you can put an M52. People will hate you if you do that. I or bought my car with an M52, and I lightly fixed it to an S54. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I feel like the main thing I worry about with the M3 is just, like, if someone hits me in the wrong spot of the car, I cannot fix it like the parts are not available right, the, the rear quarters or something you or? can find those but you have to get it from somebody that just happens to have one yeah because yeah they're not made anymore obviously rear rear bumpers are really tough too i feel like rear somebody, bumpers are tough rear glass is almost impossible i feel like there's somebody that would make them so like people could just like convert like an e30 i'm sure it'll do, happen like, massive hacking they do yeah. that they, yeah. they make full fiberglass overlays for sanity 30s with the roof and like the lexan rear glass so like you could make one look like it but it wouldn't be the original nice fitting parts I would, I would probably take that rear 30. bumper that original bumper off and put on the <laughs> the cheap remake well, that's, that's a lot. Well, that's of why that's why you insure the car properly. That's yeah, yeah, true. When it comes you out. need that's an agreed true. value policy that, on that's, these things. No. That's another thing is um, with uh, going back to the Honda community. Yeah, a lot of people that had 
you know, have civics with like Mugen body kits that are put on in Arrow because you mm-hmm. could buy them for a short period of time in the <laughs> late eighties and early nineties. Yeah. Uh, they've taken them off and they've used and they've begun using the remanufactured, uh, I think Straussman or something makes them, which look like almost the same, but, but you're not worried the, about ruining it. Yeah. But like, if you break it, like, Oh, well, I'm just going to go buy another one off the internet. Well, it's like the StarTech taillights in my M3. I mean, I've got like a mint set of those taillights on there. When those I bought amazing, them, yeah. yeah, I mean, they were great, but I paid like $650 for those taillights when I bought them originally. Yeah, you could, you could buy them a lot cheaper than that, like if you go back further. Right, but I mean, I bought them when they were still coming up, and like there, that's a super nice set, and I really should take them off because they're worth about twice that now. But I also like how they look on the car. I guess I could put a worse set on there. Yeah. I have several worse condition sets. Although... One other thing that I want to point out before I forget too is Please do. BMW is also not being the greatest brand with how they will not allow some parts to be sold in the United States. Oh, yeah, that's I a, think that's worth mentioning too. That's a really good point. Wait, they don't allow it? There's some parts and if, if you do not have a Euro VIN, you cannot buy certain parts. And there are some parts that's that so aren't stupid. that are for American cars. When you look up the part number in yep. the application, it'll show mm. an American car, but BMW will still not sell it to you so you need to have a connection overseas and luckily we have a couple of those in fact shout yeah. out to steve at Bluntech. um he's got a connection and then there's also a guy i use up in reykjavik i think which is a pain but he he's very reasonable um i think he's able to do it so reasonably just because he doesn't really do fast shipping he just sort of works it into yeah. a bulk shipment and then he can get it to you but i had to buy like okay so when i did the turbo swap on brexit i had to buy a euro right hand drive five series wagon throttle cable yeah can't buy those unless you got a vin for your euro 525i i didn't have that didn't seriously so i bought it through blunt tech because he's got a connection overseas that could find a vin for one of these cars and just buy it because it's not it's not blacklisted you could just go to a parts department and buy one of those in finland this just seems (laughs) so ridiculous it's frustrating i I feel like if that were to happen in the japanese car community yeah they would just well, there'd be like some guy that's just like awesome. Is like, hey, here's a VIN for my, you know, right hand drive Corolla SR5. Now you guys can all go to Toyota but and buy this part. BMW also blacklists VIN sometimes. People that do things like that. BMW can suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. So yeah, now that you know that happens. But yeah, I. Oh, we were supposed to be uh, being. M3. We, we were we were supposed to be non-explicit. I oh. totally blew that out of the water. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> we we so did sorry. actually drop the explicit tag just because we we don't actually swear all that much on the show, so we decided to try to cut it out entirely and reach more people. So. And then not, this one now's in PG thirteen. It's fine. You get one F bomb. We get one <laughs> one pair it. of tits, one F bomb, whatever it is. But anyway, yeah, I, it's it's not that uncommon for a manufacturer to do things like this. But I, I kind of. I'm not going to say I like it that way for the E30 M3, but it kind of keeps it more exclusive and a little. I don't know. I wish the parts were available, but just really expensive. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, I love the car, and, like, both of our cars are in pretty good shape now, so it just doesn't matter to me. Yeah. And as far as value goes, it's probably also worth uh, mentioning Enthusiast Auto, too, because they played a huge role as far as, like, pushing E30M prices up so fast. I think eventually yeah. they would have got there. Yeah. Enthusiast Auto? Enthusiast yeah. Auto Group out yeah. of it's Ohio? Or... What is that? So it's basically an... Uh, they started, it's just a BMW classic sort of dealership. They started buying up E30M3s and reselling them. And now it's, they'll. But they're find, very selective. They will, 
basically only buy like cars with original panels. Like I feel like that's a requirement for a car that they sell. Oh, really? And they try for really low mileage and they try for rare color combos. Yeah. And a lot of people hate them and some people can understand it. I'm a little bit in the middle. Like, I don't know. I like that they made my car worse so much, but I also wish I could buy another one. In their position, I would do the same thing though. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really blame them for they're running a business and they... And they, they have really great tasting cars. I mean, they yes. buy like low mile E91s. They buy like one series M's. They buy Z8s. They buy yep. rare E39 M5, E46 M3, slick tops, stuff like that. I mean, they really do have good tasting cars. And if you want a clean, no questions asked turnkey car and you have the money, which a lot of people do, I mean, EAG is a great option. Yeah. I'm not plugging them, but there you go. Yeah. This is not a plug for EAG. <laughs> no, I, Don't give them their money. No. I, th- there find, is some... find a car elsewhere, but. There's some Japanese auto importers that are kind of like that um, in America. But, yeah, it's just, it's those things are, we we don't get it as bad yet. Because, right. I, I, of course, I, I have to say yet, because <laughs> it's take five to Everyone ten. Everyone gets yeah. their, their five to Five to ten years and every rich douchebag will find one, so. <laughs> God, you sound like death with that cold, by the way. Yeah, I do. Well, I, I, I'm also kind of okay with that right now, because I really just, do not like rich douchebags because it's going to ruin everything. <laughs> Sorry. If you are a rich douchebag, f- screw you. <laughs> I spent all of yesterday flying to a different state just to help buy a Lamborghini Murcielago. So. Well, no, no. I mean, that, that's there's a, there's a rich douchebag, and then there's just like rich people. There's two different things. The rich douchebag is the guy Can who, I just be a douchebag? Yeah, you can also be just a normal oh, douchebag. Wonderful. Let's get back to E30s Just go then. get yourself a real tree sweatshirt. <laughs> All right, I'm getting back to E30s just because we have to actually talk about this stuff because yeah, I really yeah. like these cars. Yeah. So after the critical acclaim, whatever, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So domestic market cars for the United States, we didn't get the full fat unadulterated version. We got sealed beam DOT headlights. We got a slightly different set of headlight grills that didn't partially obscure the top part of the lens because per DOT law, you need to have a fully unobstructed headlight lens. Ooh. We got really big dot reflectors on the corners of the cars which bmw actually did a pretty nice job integrating yeah i I will say they did a really good job on that and we got the diving board bumpers which are those gigantic metal (laughs) aluminum five mile an hour crash bumpers which you see on every car post 74 basically yeah and you look at a euro e30 early model versus an american early e30 so much better not even close. So that's I, what John's planning to do in his convertible. Is I think the, the, Euro the only two cars that are on par with the E30 <sighs> with that would be the Mercedes R107 SL. That is so terrible with those that crash bumpers. That is really bad. And then like the Countach when they first put the crash bumpers on those. I think the W116 Mercedes S-Class also wears those really poorly. That Yes, that one looks awful. But yeah, yeah the E30 is like definitely in that top five. We should do, uh, not on this episode, but a segment of like the cars that did the crash bumpers the best. I think we we mentioned it, but we've done we, it a couple times. Yeah, we had the Countach and like the Pantera integrated them really well. Later on, but the early ones are awful. Porsche did a pretty good job. The the yeah, actually, I, I think the safety bumper nine thirty looks mm-hmm. great. That's yeah. one of my favorite Porsches. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for nope. That's fine. <laughs> so those were the three main changes. I mean, there were more things and there's subtle variations and like we didn't get warning triangles in the trunk with our toolkits and stuff like that. But those are the Wait, main. Why would we not get that? Because it's not a Euro regulation in the United States. Euro regulation at the time, every car sold needed to have a warning triangle in the trunk. And I have one in my trunk, but I yeah, had to do. find it. I've seen, so it. Ma- I've seen so many of them, I just thought they were. And, and first aid kits. <clears throat> and first aid kits, yes. That was also a mandate, which is why you see them in factory and Mercedes and BMWs at the time. 
That's true. It actually I mean, probably makes sense. I should have had like a BMW high-vis vest. I would have just worn that uh, out on the town. <laughs> that would have been pretty sweet. Those things would be worth so much right now. Remember probably those? worth more than those little tiny blue little cloths. Or the red handle screwdrivers. Yeah. Oh my God. Remember that one time at Cars and Coffee, the dude had his trunk and his toolkit open with yes. red handle screwdrivers? It was a complete complete toolkit, which is I never rare. touched somebody's car, but we closed his toolkit and his trunk. Because those screwdrivers are worth like six or seven hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, just a lot of uh, trunk. Maybe he had him. Kits. Maybe he had him like glued down. <laughs> he did not. He's sitting with a rifle. <laughs> yeah, we looked around. It's like someone <clears throat> watching over this because they really should be. So yeah, that was. I'm sure John's with me on this, but I would never touch somebody's car at a car show. But I. Yeah. yeah anyone who knows the value of those, the two screwdrivers, and then he had the blue cloth, the cloth. thing too. Like just tiny little blue cloth with a bmw symbol on it they're so you Bananas. don't even see them for you can't, sale you anymore. can't buy them if you want one uh, yeah no. I, I can't even think of anything that's like that on a honda i think and the it, closest thing is like a mugen shift knob that's worth like 150 dollars <laughs> and also ludicrous the m3 spark plug tool until fairly recently yes because that is one part that bmw actually started making again so up until i think about two years ago a decent spark plug tool is worth four hundred, four hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, and you and could you could buy them brand new for like sixty seven dollars when they brought them back. Yeah, and oh that kind of that um, that reminds me of uh, M three side markers as well. Yep, they brought those back too. Thank God, because I actually needed one for Afro. I remember. I think I told you I was like, dude, I think they're making spark plug tools again. And then you had like a few. And I you're sold like, them. Oh, you like sold them real quick <laughs> made before really, I made that really out. good money on them. Then I ended up buying like seven brand new ones afterward. <laughs> yeah, we. I have a bag full of yeah. That's hilarious. M three brand. Just wait for them to go out tools. again, and then. Yeah, I sold like my profit. damaged ones. Like I had a couple with like superficial cracks or corrosion. I sold them for like three hundred and fifty bucks a piece. <laughs> And like the last one I sold, the dude realized after he paid me that he could get a brand new one again. And he tried to like return it. I'm like, nope, nope. Yeah, sorry, sorry, as is, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious. I'm like, oh, wow, that's Thank cool. God. I should go Thank buy God some. I think I got that out of there. <laughs> Although leave it to like uh, old M3 owners that will be like, the stamping is slightly different on these new tools. We they looked them inferior. over. Yep. And they are identical. Yeah. I don't know any difference. And I'm picky with people are that stuff. same way. Mugen Dural Aluminum, uh, the, the quote unquote dildo knob, mm -hmm. the, the most famous Mugen shift knob. Uh, there what does is, it look like? It looks like a dildo. Okay. Cool. Um, it looks, okay. it kind of looks like, it looks like a, one of the little tiny little metal bullet dildos with the little vibrator in it. Yeah. That's extremely great. Thank you for the But yeah, not explicit. So that's yeah, good. No, it's not. Uh, but it, um, <laughs> That one, uh, there is a extremely good reproduction mm -hmm. that I've seen that comes from China, mm -hmm. where everything looks the same. Somebody went and, like put one on like a CAD machine. It turns out like, the Mugen logo is like a half a millimeter too low, and then the camfering on the edge of the ribbing chamfer. on it. Sorry, the chamfering on the edge of the rib of the ribbing on, the on it is like off by like a couple degrees. Yeah. And then when you do fully screw it in, worthless. Like maybe <laughs> one out of ten is the Mugen logo is five degrees off of center. Thread locker. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that's what I need to do. It's on the really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there are a hundred percent people out there that you know they're very good. Even like original replicas, not even replicas, but reproduction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these I mean, are it makes sense. Still by I mean, BMW too, and it's yeah. just like. <clears throat> Ever so slightly different. I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm okay with that because I have an original Mugen Dura aluminum shift knob for right. my oh, yeah. for my Civic. So I'm like, 
cool. I found this on for like 110 bucks. I had somebody immediately offer me $300 for it. I'm like, I'm going to keep this. Yep. That's a sign <laughs> yeah, that you should probably not sell it. Yeah, those, that's we a had, sign. We had away. to put a beer koozie around it because we'd see people like eyeing it. So oh. we just, we have this nifty little, it's like a snap on bracelet. Yeah, yeah. Fiat gave it to us. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know who gave it to us. It was Fiat. A snap on koozie that's terrible when your cans aren't full because it will crush the can. But oh. It's great for covering dildo shift knobs. So Very they nice. Go. Probably if keeps you... it nice and cool at car shows in the summer, too. Yeah. It actually works great. Yeah, because I always have to go like that. Like, use like two <laughs> fingers and like <laughs> yeah. just burn the shit out of my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the steam train going by. Janet, go, go outside and look oh, at this train. Got, I, this is the cool I one. Confirm. I hope it's the steam train. You can just move the... Yeah, uh, there is a steam train that goes by. It's not a steam train. It isn't? Nope. It's oh. cargo. Oh. Well, Jan will still be excited. She likes trains. Fair enough. Trains are cool. Anyway, back to she, E30s again. Oh, yeah. We're getting a little... smiling a lot Okay, right so I'm going <laughs> to... We've, got, we've <laughs> gone over kind of the changes that they initially went through with DOT and getting them into this country, but I kind of want to go year by year and breakdowns on kind of what the milestones were that changed for these cars. So 84 was our first model year. Um, we saw that come with the 1.8 liter carryover engine from the 2002 and the E21 3 Series, so the M10 V18 four-cylinder. Then we also got the 2.7 liter super, or actually no, just regular ADA, ETA, which is the Greek, I think Greek version of ADA, which means efficiency. So this was, Sounds uh, right. it had five cam <laughs> bearings instead of seven, and it had single valve springs, it had a really long stroke and a small bore, so it was a really torquey engine. It has a very diesel-like power delivery. But it also had um, early Motronic 1.0 fuel injection, so it was actually really damn efficient, even though it used high impedance injectors and stuff like that. Uh, we also saw the introduction of the Getrag 265 speed manual transmission, which carried out through the entire rest of the production of the E30 line in the rear wheel and all wheel drive applications. And those are both carryovers from the 52080 a couple of years prior. And then, of course, we saw the introduction of the check control, the computerized oil service and onboard diagnostic computer system. 85, we saw the removal of the seatbelt warning light pod on the dashboard, which I've only ever seen two of in person. They're really ugly. Corey's E30 actually has a dash from an 84 in it, so it has that pod, <laughs> which is really weird. What's it, can you get a picture of that? <clears throat> no, actually, because I can't find any pictures of it. Yeah, Corey, next time I'm at your house, I have to take a look at that. <laughs> I'm curious. It's in the center of the dash by the windshield. It's like a trapezoidal pod that just has a, an indicator for... I've only seen two cars in my entire life. That actually that sounds kind of cool. Wait. Wait. All right, so this is the difference mm -hmm. between E30 and Honda, because it is yeah. a Honda thing. Like, yeah. those dashboards would be worth gold. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if anyone knows that these exist. That's like, funny. Yeah, I've had a lot of E30. Someone just listed a dashboard on Facebook, mm -hmm. MN BMW, mm -hmm. with no cracks, but then I was looking... Cause they were only selling for like 200 bucks. I'm like, uh, that's a really good deal. And I look and they had, I'm pretty sure it must have been a really early model that had that there because I saw like weird right, holes right in the center. In yeah. Yeah. That's probably you know, an 84 dash. I feel Jeez. like that, that dashboard pod would probably look really tight if you put like a boost gauge in it. Yeah. It's maybe big enough for like a digital boost gauge. Yeah. Actually, if yeah. you put like a digital boost it's gauge. It's really behind. ugly though. Like it's. It's really ugly. Does it match the body lines? Uh, like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, so it, <laughs> it's, I think, it's a trapezoid. You'd probably love it. Yeah, I totally would. <laughs> no, like, I'm imagining this in my head. And I'm like a big fan. <laughs> it's exactly what it, it's described. Yeah, you would love it. It looks like a 70s van, basically, on your dashboard. Perfect. <laughs> I don't see what a problem is. Although there are a lot of... <clears throat> I see a lot of people when they put like boost gauges or just gauges in general in yeah. E30s. It's usually in uh, the central console, like under the radio. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Or I, like that. I see them on the... No, because that, that's that's where your that that's where your graphic equalizer goes. Oh God! 
I did the dash vent center <laughs> replacement thing on Brexit. Like, so. how, how could you possibly put gauges there if you have your graphic equalizer? Do you want your stereo to sound like shit? <laughs> it, it's going to anyway. It's an A30. Actually, that's not true. Yeah, these stereos okay. actually sound pretty good. They're they're not too bad. Um, wow. Yeah, on Brexit, I, I did. There's a, a guy on eBay that makes a plate. It's like a laser cut plate that lets you put three gauges in where the the factory center vents go on the dash. It can be really clean. So my my cousin my cousin Nikki, if she is listening, hey, first name drop. Um, she had a first. Mark II. She had a Mark II Golf, and she had a voltage meter that actually was probably the coolest voltage meter I've ever seen in my life fit perfectly within the factory dead uh but dead switch spots mm-hmm. and it had like all the same like the same finish on it same abs plastic but um you know they like they'll have them so like when they're when they're when like the lights are off it'll just like a normal dead switch this one was like that but when you turn it on the voltage meter would shine through it Oh, it weird. was super cool. I've never seen another one in my life. I like when people take the initiative and make the little things look stock. Yeah. I actually bought a, uh, back right when I bought Mr. Wags, there's a company that makes a uh, left side vent replacement where mm-hmm. half of it's a vent and the other half is like a really, really nice looking LCD with the right colors. It attached to the dimmer so it would dim to the right level in the car and all that. But it only worked with 08 plus 3 Series and mine's an 07. That's so, so it's stupid. Just like, apparently Rip. they changed like a bunch of electronics in the 08 model year. Or the, anyway, it I, I, think I really. Some. I was gonna say, I think there's a company making those for E30s <laughs> too that kind yeah. of mimic because uh, E30 Alpinas came with kind of gauges in the vents. Or, oh really? Yeah, I didn't know that. But yeah, that's. I was say my plate doesn't look stock, but it looks fine. A, a lot of things I would otherwise do to my car have been ruined by gauges, like Nikki's. So like I'm just like. Yeah. I can't compete with this. <laughs> right. This is the coolest gauge you've ever seen in my life. Your gauge pod versus the gauge pod she tells you not to worry about. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> shit, I can't deal with that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, let's yep. push 85. Um, so the removal of that warning pod, and then this is probably not even worth mentioning, but they also reduced the size of the uh, crank bolt from 27 to 22 millimeters, which is how it carried out the rest of the M20s. Why? Lifespan. Did you have to look that up or did no, you just know from experience? No, I just know that because it really pissed me off the first time I had to go buy a 27 millimeter socket to do a timing belt. Why would they even use that? Why don't they just use a 22? No idea. But the every, 22 is way better. Every car I've ever seen in my life, the crank bolt is the same size as, as the lug nut. Oh, BMWs have never been that way. Yeah, it's it, every single one has been... Well, I guess it's Honda versus Toyota, but yeah, like, almost every single one have been... I've worked on, like the crank bolt's been... The same size. It's been very convenient. Well, I have not had that convenience. Well, you should drive 1980s Japanese vehicles. All right. Get new lug bolts. I'm going to go to 1986 <laughs> now <laughs> because holy shit. You need to speed through the 80s so Ryan can't talk about that. Well, That'll yeah. be the entire car. It's so like, I remember 1986. Let's talk about the 90 so, and 91. Yeah. In 86, <laughs> they took those mandated corner reflector lights and they reduced the size of them tremendously. And it's actually, yeah, it's it looks way better. And they're actually, they carried through all the way through E34s into 1995. So that design held up really well. Uh, they added a third brake light because of DOT regulations. Uh, and then they introduced the ES model for the 325E. Wait, they added the brake light in 86? Oh, 86, okay. Yep. So they introduced the 325 ES, which had standard sport seats, 13-button trip computer, uh, optional leather interior, deck lid spoiler, LSD, big front air dam, and premium sound. Um, and then the 318i model was dropped in the United States. So you only had one option for an E30 in 1986, and it was a 325e. But you could get it with the S and if I you think wanted a super sport. Wait, what? Yeah, 86 was only 325e. So you couldn't get a limited slip sure you could. as an option? Uh, it's standard on the ES. I thought the ES was the... 
Anything I, th- I with thought the I, I thought the IS was the one with the limited slip. That's the same car, but one of them has a two seven with the low power, and one yeah. of them is a the IS comes a year after. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But on every E thirty, it was like a one hundred and fifty dollar checkbox option for an LSD. That'd be so when worth. you bought it. That's absolutely one hundred percent worth. That's the most worth it. Which I've is why seen. like ninety percent of them have LSDs from the factory. Because yeah, everybody is like, yeah, totally. That would be better. There's a probably like one guy with some delicatessen that he owns that has like an E30 without a limited slip. Or like E30 M3 without a limited no, slip. No, those all had LSDs. All <laughs> IXs. Except for mine. What? Oh, my mine. God. You had a 410 open in your car. Yeah, we were working on my car. What were you doing? Suspension? Why does it have that? Springs, yeah. Uh, well, it, someone swapped out parts for my car at one point. So we were swapping out shocks and springs and stuff and then all of a sudden i think eric was just messing around with the rear wheel while i was on the lift and it was like uh only one, of, diff, only one of these wheels is spinning right now <laughs> so yeah, it was like that, oh i great. was sick to my stomach when i found that in your car luckily yeah. i had many 410 clutch diffs sitting so, yeah, we so went you, in, you promptly fixed that i've no, that same night it was yeah. it was super <clears> late like we were gonna be done yeah it was like 10 o'clock at night and then we drove to plymouth to get a 410 lsd and we put it in the car we were both like we cannot leave this we cannot go home and sleep tonight with this not at all no i was like traumatized man like now i know how ptsd works (laughs) (laughs) so yeah if you ever put an open diff in an e30 m3 i will find you and hurt you um so yeah the 318 i model was abandoned in 86 starting 87 we got the 2.5 liter the 325i yay we also got the convertible which john's got you know what I'm saying? Heck I like yeah. the convertible because it's cheap and not all-wheel drive. There you go. Um, then, of course, Valid. we got the IS option, which took all the standard crap and goodies you got from the ES, but they perforated the front air dam for the oil cooler, which is on the 2.5 liter. And, of course, they put in the much uh, much faster 2.5 liter engine, which was actually designed for performance. There's really not that many things that were added on the sport models. Mm-hmm. I mean, the main things were the seats, I think. And there's Seats, a deck with deck spoiler, lid spoiler fascia, and uh, premium front, sound. Front IS spoiler on the later mm-hmm. models with um, plastic bumpers. Are we at that point yet? I don't think so. No, but right. I mean, the IS added front and rear air dams. Well, front air dam, rear spoiler on all of them. Speaking of which, I think it's worth mentioning that when I met you, it was pulling out sports seats from a convertible with like just gone door seals in the middle of winter. Yep. It was frozen to the car. And the seat wouldn't fold forward. And it which, wouldn't move forward either, I don't think. I think we got to move forward, but it wouldn't like fold forward. So like getting some of the... Oh, the rear, yeah. Rear I know the bolts. passenger seat one. And it was parked next to a frozen-in car, too. So we couldn't get the passenger door all the way open. That was... And you were driving a Dodge Durango. Yep, which Gross. is now blown up and hopefully... Dead. Chinese washing junkyard. machine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we I you met me through Craigslist, I think, right? That's when I was running recycle BMWs. Yeah, I'm sure that's how a lot of people actually met you because yeah. you you move parts. Oh, you I used to move a lot more, but yeah. Yeah, no, he still swings more parts than I've <laughs> ever met in my life. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's just kind of what I do. I got a lot of good stuff, and now that I lost my freaking storage, I actually have to sell some of this crap. So. Hey, Burger, what yeah. are you doing? Oh, I'm selling this part to this uh, this one person. That's yeah, like that's. Do you want to yeah. go to X? Oh, I can, but I have to spend the next 42 minutes driving to <laughs> and delivering this one really weird, obscure part. Hey, Burger, I've been stabbed. Can you drive me to the mm. hospital? Yes, but first we have to go to New Hope. <laughs> so it's 3:25 in the morning. Yeah, but this is the only time this guy's available to buy these taillights. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only time I'm available to sell them to the guy more like it people are usually way more flexible than I am but yeah um, yeah okay so IS uh, the convertible Motronic 1.0 was introduced however 
1.1, I believe, was also introduced alongside that, but it wasn't used until the 1988 model year. Why, what, what, what's the difference? Uh, better idle circuitry. They're the exact same harness and everything, but they just improved the... Circuitry. The actual computer yeah, itself. Actually, that's all it is. I mean, yeah, 87 was kind of like the first of the form factor. Leave it to BMW to do that. They have like some person like me. I'm like, oh, you know, if you put a resistor right here. And <laughs> I, I've taken apart the ECUs because the 1987 computers are apparently like hot garbage. And like I oh, took really? them apart, and like they look very different inside from the late ones. But you can put a '93 ECU, just like plug and play into it, and it's done. Weird. So you can get the, and it's better like diagnostic. They have something called the stomp test, where if you turn your key to on oh. and you stomp the gas five times, it'll do a certain code of flashes I with a check hate, engine light. I hate the stomp test. It is so <clears throat> picky. You have to do it so perfect it for it to work. It is not picky. Yes, it you is. You have a crappy TPS if it's picky. Uh, yeah, maybe no, you I should change your TPS, sir. No, TPS it was reports. it was in my three twenty five, which I replaced the TPS. Oh, you're talking stomp test on your M M fifty two. So wait, it oh, only yeah. does that if you oh, do terrible. that if you do the stomp test. Yeah. So Subaru had him beat. That's good because okay. Subaru did that with their electronic fuel injection in the GL ten in nineteen eighty six because they didn't have any dealer service tools probably. Well, no, it's correct, but um, <laughs> no, it, it would just automatically like when you're checking joint, and the reason was so when people are driving along and their check engine light comes on and they start freaking out, they can just say it flashed four times for a really long time, then three times. In quick succession. Yep. And the service fire says, hey, you spun rod bearing. You're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's too much coolant in the oil. That's the code for that one. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> it's going to seize any minute. Would you like a brand new Loyal? <laughs> well, yes, I would. It's Nobody what makes wants, a Subaru Nobody a Subaru. wants a Loyal. Those are terrible cars. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, totally. Yeah, um, that makes sense, though. I'm 52 probably making that a little it, more difficult it's a little t yeah it's, it's tougher on those you're right there but i mean you can actually use real computers to plug into those which is nice like i have an ads diagnostic tool that i can plug into a motronic 2.1 or whatever that is anyway uh 87 also brought us with the 2.5 liter engine the first 3.73 and the first 410 outside of the m3 differential and it was the first year we could get any headlight that wasn't the godforsaken sealed beam we could get factory projector headlights as an that option in 1987. True. Did you still have the nipples on those? The nipples? Yeah, you the, headlight, on the, on the headlight nipples yeah, that they course. had on everything. Okay. Beams, yeah, they yeah. had three of them, I think. Well, no, on the, on the projector ones. Oh, no. Whoa, what? Nope. No All nipples. right, so... Smooth lenses. This is something, if you've never paid attention to this, look at cars from the 80s and 90s. A lot of manufacturers are really skittish about what the American rule on the nipples were. And those nipples, they didn't even use anymore. <laughs> because they used to be used for aligning headlights on cars back in the 1950s. That they okay. literally had not done it since the 50s that way. Sure. But a lot of manufacturers in Japan, mm -hmm. uh, namely, but in Europe as well, they were really skittish about taking them off because they weren't 100% sure. Taking off the what? The nipples. Okay. Yeah. But they it was uh, one of those things where they didn't want to make a... <laughs> they didn't want to make a U.S. <laughs> spec headlight... And again, <laughs> <laughs> without the nipples, and then have it not be allowed in like one state. Hmm. Yeah, DOT is really picky about that. Yeah, and I'm, state by state is different too. I'm disappointed you only said nipples five times in that. <laughs> I was counting. <laughs> nipples are a great word. <laughs> Shit, six. <laughs> okay, moving on to 1988. We saw the. Diving board, aluminum bumpers, hang on for one more year, even though BMW changed all of the metal structure on the rear of the car and added a new front valance. So we got the larger taillights, a larger rear fascia, 
and a much larger front fascia as well with a different front lip spoiler with revised fog lights that were flush mounted. We got the introduction of the 325iX, so the all-wheel drive version, which had a ZF designed. Yeah, it's terrible. Which at one point costed more than the M3. In 88, yes. Every 325iX sold in the 88 model year had every option selected by default, so it cost more than the equivalent E30 M3 of the day. Which is insane. And now the cars are worth nothing, and the M3s are worth a shit ton. Also, the M3s are nice to drive, and iXs are terrible. Uh, The U.S. also saw its foray into the E30 M3 offerings in 1988, which is excellent. That's the year my black one was. Isn't yours in 88 as well? Yes. Okay. So we have some experience with the 88 M3. And then along with that, um, Motronic 1.1 was fitted to the 2.5 liter engines as standard, so you got the better idle circuitry and a little bit better diagnostics. And the 2.7 liter that we've loved from 1984 is now using a completely different set of electronics and a new cylinder head stolen from the 325i, but also using the shitball camshaft. So when did they get rid of the diving board bumper? Uh, 1989, technically. But this was a transition year where they had all the sheet metal on the car from the late plastic bumpers, but they still had the early bumpers on them. So 88s are really easy to spot. So if you get the big taillights and you got metal bumpers, it's an 88. Okay. (laughs) Um, but they're also um, just plug-and-play for plastic bumpers because they changed all the hard points in 1988 for That's plastic really bumpers. Cool. That's really cool. But nice. they didn't yeah. do... So are the metal bumpers just, like, different? Yeah, then? they're different. Yeah. On the I've 88. never I've never seen a metal bumper metal bumper car with the larger It's taillights. really uncommon. Um, the first all-wheel drive Hunicorn was an 88iX, and it had that really weird you, combo. You should just go hunt down the 88 just because it's rare. I would love an 88 IS, honestly, like a stock one. Yeah. Just because like, like, it's a really one, uncommon car. If you can find one, because that'll probably be worth something. I'm sure, but it's also really ugly. It, that is one of those cars where it's going to be oddly appreciating, kind of like an 85 yeah. MR2. No, it totally is. But I the the car I think I'd, I'd, I'd most want is like a 1989. Okay, excluding M3. 1989 yeah. 325i sedan. That's it. I just want a plastic bumper sedan with a manual. Just call it good. Such a great car. You know, this is one of those few cars where I'd say that the sedan actually looks about it as looks well as the coupe. It looks way better than the coupe. Now, I, I like the coupe. I really like the coupe. E30 I'm, coupes are dumb. Um, hey, False. also, we've not... Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> you, no, you guys also dumb. have... What, what was that horrible Targa version of the E30? Oh, the Bauer? Uh, the yeah, Bauer, yeah. The Bauer TC. Those, those are terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not technically factory. Um, but, I mean, we, you should still yeah, mention It's like it. ATS making the convertibles for Nissan in the 90s. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Bauer, they took a coupe E30 chassis right off the assembly line, and they fitted this... It's almost like if, if you uh, if you guys know what the new Fiat 500C is, it's a rollback canvas top. That's Except what the Bauer that is. looks much better than the 500C because it's designed to be there on yes, the 500C. True. But Bauer's been doing this since the 2002. So I mean, they've been making these Bauer top cabriolets for a long time. It, there's one car that I think is a better example. Can mm-hmm. you just Google the Celica Sun Chaser real quick? Because that's something. This is what I think of whenever I see a Bauer E3. Well, it's sort of like a Porsche Targa, right? That kind of something. Oh, that is Targas awful. are removable center roof panels, and the bow the Bauer has. I mean, that portion of the roof opens up, but it also can come all the way down and stow at the back like a traditional computer. Or, okay. Sorry, not computer. A convertible. <laughs> looking at a computer. So the, this <clears> is <throat> the Sun Chaser. This is what I think of, and I think that is one of the most grotesque cars. But it's like one of those things where it's like grotesque, it does look it, like a Bauer TC. It, but yeah. it, it's one of those things where it's like super grotesque. But like this is like weird thing that I kind of like small part of me wants one 
I wouldn't be surprised if that top conversion was done by Bauer in Germany. I, w- I wonder if it was. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been. It might be uh, the same thing. But yeah, okay. So the 2.7 was changed out to a much, much newer version just based on 325i hardware. The reason why they did this is because they stopped making the casting for the old crappy engine. Um, but those oh, right. engines okay. are really desirable because they're high compression and high displacement, and you can just put the 2.5 head on them, and they make a bunch of power. So those are great. Moving right along to 1989, plastic bumpers! Woo! Yay! Whoop. The most important thing to happen to regular 30s, in my opinion. Uh, the touring wagon production, not in the United States, started this year. Um, Motronic 1.3 controllers replaced the 1.1. I'm seeing a pattern here with them just revising the crap out of the computers in the 2.5 for year after year after year. But Why, though? I don't know. I mean, the, the 87 cars had intermittent computer failures That's just because they weren't well made, but the, the, even the 1.1 and 87 or 88, I mean, was pretty good. So uh, I don't just, know. It seems like such a weird German thing to do. It's Rolling like, changes from Bosch, probably. The fact that they're all plug and play with one another, it's just like, whatever. Who cares? It's, just, it's just such a weird... It's like... It's like Volkswagen with their stupid timing chains. Like every single. I would not equate this to Volkswagen's timing chains. Well, no, I mean, like every single one is just a little bit different. It just for no reason. Yeah. Okay. I can That's see that. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's just more part numbers to confuse people. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the BMW Z1 also goes on sale starting in 1989, Excellent not cool in the car. United States. But you guys love to Google that. That is a, f- a full E30. It is an E30. But it looks nothing like you would associate any 30 being. So it, it's a two-door, kind of, it, <laughs> convertible. It's like two sliding doors. <laughs> yeah, so they slide downward yeah. into the rocker panel of the car, and you Which climb up and over, cool. and they're yeah. electrically operated, and all the body panels are removable in plastic. Yes, and so, you can drive. It's the only car you can drive with the doors out, like down. Correct, yep. You can drive it with the doors down. It is the only car you can drive. And you can drive it without the door panel or even any body panel on it, too. You can drive it completely naked. That's pretty cool. It's a really cool car. Some Uh, some cars leave in a car show. You know, they'll rev their engine or they'll try and uh, do a burnout or something. With easy one, you just pop your doors down. It's true. The the doors do go down. That is like the only car I I can think of where that's ever been. And I think probably for good reason because it's not actually the most reliable system, it sounds like, for Harold. Yeah, as I say, it is. (laughs) Because we have a local friend that has one of these and it's very cool, but. I actually really love the Z1. I, yeah, I, I think, cool I think everybody does. And that, that's supposed to, they are way cheaper than I thought they would be. You can buy one in Germany right now as long as you buy one like green in like reasonable condition with some miles on it for not very much. They actually sold a pretty good number of Z1s worldwide. I was surprised. Yeah. Like it's three or four times as many as they sold A30 M3s. I wonder if EAG has any on their... Uh, I don't even want to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God dang it. And then, okay, 1989 and 90. No difference except for a 1990... You could get an optional front driver's side airbag. 1991, that became standard. <laughs> and in 1991, the 318i model comes back. Yay! Yay! But it doesn't have that archaic M10 engine anymore. It's got a first-of-its-breed twin-cam four-valve per-cylinder BMW engine called the M42. Timing chain. It is a duplex timing chain, a very, very reliable engine with one of the best flowing cylinder heads the company has ever made. Which engine was this, the four-cylinder? M42B18. Really? Yep. The Getreg 240 manual resurfaces after a five-year absence, of course, since the 318 engine was gone. A slightly different design since this new 318 engine shares the bell housing pattern with the upcoming six-cylinder M50 for the E36 and the E34. Um, so this engine was a first for BMW. It started off uh, engine family that went all the way through 2006. So it's kind of a big deal. A really modern thing to happen in such an old aging chassis. Because, I mean, this was the last year of the coupe and the sedan, even though the convertible went for another two years. 
Um, the convertible finally got the plastic bumpers, it, which it was overlooked for on all the facelifts prior. So if you have a 1990 convertible, it still has the big metal bumpers and the tiny taillights, which is kind of weird. I believe they also got that's uh, so weird. power tops at that point, too. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, I think that's right. And now I, you won the power Actually, top I, I guess standard. that kind of makes sense because it's such a niche car. It would make sense to redesign mm. the whole car. Right, but why they did it two years before they killed it off, that's just kind of surprising. But oh, did they just release it? 91 was when they updated the convertible, and they killed it off in 93. Weird. And the the E36 was already in production when they facelifted. So, I, I, you know, one second. When they, with the 91, w- yeah. what did they update on the convertible again? Uh, they made the rear taillights bigger. They put the bigger rear valance on it. They put the plastic bumpers on it. And then but they it still had standard the... Standard power top. That's so weird. And and they're really nice looking cars. But, but it still had the small bumpers? And the small, the, or, sorry, small taillights? No, no, they put the big taillights on. Oh, okay, one, okay. Or 91. Well, it'd be fair that it's not, like, that much bigger. Like No, no, I mean, yeah, it's it's easy to tell apart if you know what you're looking for, but if yeah. you're not paying attention, you don't notice. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that, like, graft the rear panels between cars. I'm like, why the hell would you do that? A lot of people prefer the early taillights, and a bunch of people prefer the late taillights, so it just kind of, it's half. I'm, I'm pretty indifferent. I don't really care. I like two. them both. I've got cars with both. I like, so. I like the big taillights. <clears throat> Of it course, fine. my my reasoning for that is I like the big taillights because I like cars that have like exaggerated features on them. So like a big big taillights or big headlights and like a big windshield or something, but not otherwise small car. I think the big taillights update the car quite a bit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think it fills out the rear end a little bit. Yeah, which is pretty huge. If you look at like an early Euro car with the small taillights, it, it does genuinely look like it's a seventies design. Yeah, it does. And at yeah. the end with the big, you know, the facelift and all that, like it looks like a a late eighties car. Like it looks like it was always designed to be. But I, I don't know. Um, I, th- I think we really should talk, uh, like just like spend a second and actually appreciate that they were able to do that. Yeah. Because I, I get they just f- didn't care. I mean, they're just like, yeah, let's just do that. Well, I that mean, n- well, they d- managed to do it so gracefully because so many other brands were just, you know, like Chevy. If you look at it, if, the, if you look at the C three Corvette, like oh, by I the time by the time they continued that on, because that had about as long of a production cycle as the E thirty did. That thing had a longer production cycle than like liquid water. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that car, it um, they did not do it gracefully though. That's the thing. No, it's a terrible. As, car. as as opposed to BMW, like it's very easy. That to car looked screw good every something. year it was in production, yeah. except for maybe eighty eight. But except for the M3, that was pretty good looking. 88 was fine. I mean, in all honesty, it really was fine. It was. I, and I, I, would, I, would, I would seek out an 88 if I was buying it on M, honestly. Because yeah. I like how just quirky and super high option they were. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it wasn't just the iX and 88. If you bought an IS also, it had all the options. So it had map light mirror, leather seats, 13-button onboard computer, premium sound, all that stuff. So if you find an 88 IS, it's going to be really high spec. I remember I was trying to justify buying a map light for one of my 30s. I've got like seven of them. And I, one. I used it like once and I was like, worth. And then I don't think I ever used it again. <laughs> I I used it in Brexit one time. But Are you like, looking at a map though? No, but well, I mainly do it because just... the actual mirror looks so much better. I think it looks better, although I... I don't know if this was. It shakes just, a lot more. Which it does like. shake a lot, and mine rattled too. I think Ooh. that was just. I think that was I just. I think you mine. bought a garbage one. All I have to say is more buttons, the better. Not true. <laughs> I've been eighties cars. That's I have the way it manual works. window swapped my E thirty M three. I got rid of the cruise control hardware. I'm no, manual windows are fine. You, you can have you can have manual windows. Manual I just windows. want I want all the buttons yeah. in the world and manual. Windows. I had to convert to early style coupe glass to do that on one side because yeah, my car was, apparently had a new door on the left that side. Was, at some that point. was weird. <laughs> 
Which is why one of the windows on my vehicle is not tinted anymore. And it's also, I don't know how they went about choosing where to put the window lock button in E30s. Oh, especially the late sedans. Like, it's on the console panel, like, where the shifter is. Nope, it's above the radio. No, it's, like, they, it's... I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason to where they put that on and each car. But. There's a lockout switch, and then there's also a breaker on the early cars, too. In fact, Wait, no, that's breaker? on all of them. There's a window breaker. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was talking about. There's a circuit breaker, and there's a lock. If you get a late sedan, there's a square lockout, Oh yeah, and there's yep. a circuit breaker. Why, did, why is there a circuit breaker? It, like, do, so if it pulls too much current. Actually, you know what I just thought of? Because if you have like some old dumbass kid that's like playing with the windows in the back and mm-hmm. blows the fuse, it's just a circuit breaker and you just pop it. Yeah. That, that actually makes that makes perfect sense. It was a 30-amp actually. fuse and a 20-amp breaker. Yeah, that makes sense. So. Yeah. I have to say that has happened to me before. <laughs> Jan, can you repeat that? Well, it's happened to me before when kids are playing with the windows and all of a sudden your windows don't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing. Stupid water oh. softener. God, I had one person in my car, and I forgot to mention that my passenger window switch goes down but not up. Oh, so, oh, uh, oh! I had that happen like on Blow Thirty before I was able to say anything. They put pushed it down, and when we got to wherever we were going, I had to switch the window switches from the driver's side of the passenger just to put the window up, which is if you arguably not hard to do. One second, if you smack the crap second. out of those things, they do eventually start working. That is design genius. <laughs> What? That you can do that. You can just switch the switch from the driver's side. Oh, yeah. The switches it's are all identical. Easy. That's genius. Yeah. Because they don't do that anymore. Ooh, oh, I forgot one thing, man. In 1986, they went from painted buttons to lighted buttons on the window switches. That's huge. And you can retrofit them. You can, you can really put cool. an 86 switch into like an 82 5 Series and it'll light up and work. That's actually a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Because a, a painted switch would <clears throat> probably make me want to just jump out of the car. They're really hard to find now, and some people want them. The painted switches? Yeah. Because they were only sold for like two years, but nobody cares because they're worse in every way. Yeah, I so think. I, mean, I guess if you if you <clears throat> have one, like I have some painted switches, but like I don't there, know. There's a few aftermarket uh, companies too that are making the new style switches for a lot considerably cheaper than really? BMW. Yeah, I think there's some aftermarket ones that are. I haven't looked in a long time, I but think those are just I, OES, which means they're actually BMW that were just rebranded and sold off. Uh, so I have a question. Sure actually OE, but cheaper, yeah. A weird question. Wow. Go ahead. How did their gauge clusters ever change? They really didn't, except they were for just the, the same. Well, they okay. have like different tachometers. That's, that's a good question. So, I mean, other than the tachometer range is going to change for the engine. So, we'll yeah. just omit that. The M3 got rid of the instantaneous fuel economy for an oil temperature gauge and also had red needles, a little badge for the M logo. Um, but other than that, the only changes were um, U.S. domestic market had icons for the warning faults at the okay. bottom, yes. whereas the rest of the country, I think, had countries. No, we had written everyone yeah, else had, had icons. Yeah, we had we had words because we so can't we didn't have like symbols. the little logo for brake pad where we had like brake lining yeah. written on it because we're retarded. We are. Yeah. Um, other than that, the clusters really didn't change except for the speedometer. Um, the first year they had fewer hash marks on it. Okay. So it was like five mile an hour hash marks. And I think the later ones are two and a half mile an hour increments or something like that. That's actually super other cool. Other than that, yeah. they stayed the same. And they did, had, they, did they have the same uh, like top speed? They're all 160. Yeah. All and they're also made by two Video and Motometer. Yeah. Yep. yep. And if you ever have to replace the gears on one, please, for the love of God, find a video because the gear sets are third the price. Are, yeah, I got one more question. Okay. Did the ch- did the colors of the dashboards li- d- dashboard lights ever change? Nope. Always okay. orange. Always that red-orange mm-hmm. kind of color. Because hot Civic, because the only car I can possibly compete with sure. uh, how <laughs> different everything is. Yeah. You had 
I think there's like something like 25 different gauge clusters. Are you kitten me? I'm serious. The the, the most expensive one is the UKDM eighty eight or sorry UKDM ninety ninety one. Yeah, the UK market uh, ninety ninety one Civic uh, VTI uh, gauge cluster because that one has the highest tachometer goes to 9,000 RPM has a top speed that goes to 160 miles per hour. Yeah. Wow. And everything's in orange, whereas everything's normally in green. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say every Honda I've ever driven is like an early nineties one. It's always green. It's green, except Mm -hmm. like they different ones in different countries. And then you can get ones from like each country had the actual words written in their particular like language. So Mm -hmm. like unleaded fuel is like, and, and it, like in English <laughs> and American. Yeah, it says that in French. And yep. then they have like whatever the Swedish version is, or the Swedish one. Flugger, flugen, flugen, yeah. flugger. Exactly. So that's probably what unleaded fuel is in Swedish. <laughs> yeah, when, when I found that out, I started like going through it. Like there's like ones in Greek, and all the Greek ones, everything's entirely in Greek on it. <laughs> like it's super cool. Oh, that one says Euro meat on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, My the, Euro meat is low, everyone. Like they, they used a couple of symbols, but for most things, they just used like abbreviations and stuff, so like MPH and like KPH and everything. But yeah, the UKDM is the only one with the 9,000 RPM uh, tachometer that also had a speedometer in uh, miles per hour, not right. KPH. UK is a weird kind of halfway where they still use liters, but they use miles per hour, and they yeah. use like miles per imperial gallon. So did they have? Did they switch between kilometers per hour and miles per hour? Did they? Just they did. Yep. So I mean, like, if you get a Canadian market car, it'll have a KMH speedo, but it's just a modular item in the and cluster. I, you can swap okay. out. And the fuel gauge, I guess. Oh yeah. Is in liters yep. too. They'll, 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 the that. Euro ones will have a actual depiction of how many liters. Okay. So it'll say like forty liters or something. So so they, they did they did differ quite a bit. The then. clusters are all the same. Bit. The faces are. The faces are different. Yeah. Yeah. So the clusters internally are all the same. Um, uh, even you can swap a speedo between a moto meter and a video cluster and stuff like that. So I mean, even though they had two manufacturers for these things all the way through, you could swap a majority of the components and they were compatible, which is nice. Uh, but BMW did something really clever because on like the four-cylinder and six-cylinder cars, they wanted to make one cluster, but the tack wouldn't read correctly. So they have what's called a coding plug in the front of them, okay, which just lists a part number on it. So you can get one, and that codes both your fuel tank size. Oh, and, it's really cool. And your um, number of cylinders. So, so they had different fuel tanks, too. Two different fuel tank sizes. Weird. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. 1988 yeah. saw the increase of a fuel tank size, unless you have a convertible, which in case you got that in 91. Okay. Yeah, that's And it's a pretty substantial strange. increase. So you want a late model tank. Really? <laughs> yeah. like, how, how big is it? Two different? and a half gallons. Wow, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. So all the racers with early cars, they swap out tanks. Yeah, so you can go on, yeah. It's harder sense. to find a decent tank now, so they're having a hard time with that. Okay, um, let's see here. Um, South Africa also got two unique models. I'll touch on these yes, briefly. They, uh, they got the 320 IS, which is an M-Tech. So it's got the fancy body kit from the factory, and it also had a 2-liter version of the E30 M3 engine and the 5-speed manual transmission. It was called the 320 IS. So that was a, a what do you call it, SADM only model. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, really yeah. cool, because it had just, like, super rad 80s interior, really nice M-Tech kit on the outside, like, S14 engine. With what the, what oh. what was this trim level called again? It's called a 320IS. I swear, all the Euro cars and just, like, cars that didn't come to America always had, like, the super cool options, like the hydraulically adjustable. Yeah, because we had Ronald lights. Reagan, so we didn't get any of the cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, I saw Ronald Reagan. A, a lot of... What are some of the other cool stuff? Headlight watchers? Yeah, so the, the vacuum adjust headlight levelers. Oh, yeah, vacuum. Ooh. Yep. 
that was pretty cool. That's Euro only. Um, yeah, the headlight wiper kits. So that, that you had only. to find the dual reservoir. Oh, uh, and then you got to get it to work, which is fun. Yeah, that was that was one of those things when we were talking earlier about um, BMW not selling Euro, uh, European parts mm-hmm. to America. I I searched for a long time to find a new one because I the relay wanted, or something else. Um, no, I had the relay, but like a nice clean uh, wiper tank. Oh, so I remember one that's that, yeah. not like stained because yeah. eventually they start yellowing and. Did they you ever look try horrible. to retro bright that? No. Okay, we should probably try that one of our old reservoirs because the uh, I think LGR on YouTube does that with his old like keyboards and stuff. Yeah, I still have I still have the old one. So I've got like five or six of those double tanks too, so we can try one. I, but yeah, I, it I was can really bring hard. the one from my Subaru. <laughs> Fine. <But> yeah, <laughs> are we just have a, a reservoir bright party? Yeah, retro bright <laughs> reservoir party. We have to wait until it's sunny out though, because you need like I think hot sunny weather to do it. Yeah, but we'll do it this summer. It'll be fun. We'll make it. Perfect. We'll make a day of it. <laughs> But yeah, it's crazy how... I feel like, like I just invited Ryan on a picnic <laughs> or something. <laughs> we'll make a picnic out of it. There you go. But it's crazy how um, some parts, like, everyone is just so convinced that it's NLA or it's just you can't get it in mm-hmm. America and then you just really have to find the right person to talk to and then it's like, oh, yeah, we got these, 80 bucks, and it's like they're selling you. Those seats are phenomenal, for- by the way. Oh, yeah. The 329. I, I just found the striped ones. Those look really cool. I do love finding and buying OE new parts for less than people are selling their old shitty ones for. I find yeah. that on 355 stuff all the time. Yep. What? I looked at, like, an air pump for that thing, which is what makes the exhaust valve work. Yeah. A new one is, like, $578. A used one is, like, 740 bucks. I'm just like, do you not know? You, you listed yeah. the part number. Like, you could have just gone to Fair Parts and typed it in and realized that this is, like, easily buy viable or purchasable whatever are you talking about the ricaros on the the e th- are you talking about e30 seats yeah we're yeah. talking about the m M-M tech cloth seats that are in the yeah. 320 is oh okay. yeah, yeah that's okay. what i was talking about Gorgeous. They, they have the cool striped <laughs> ones and they have yeah. the ones that are like gradients and everything they're really tight but i mean that was only a two liter engine but it had like us 23 power up but it was 194 horsepower s14 so obviously you get all the maintenance issues but i, I imagine like a hundred percent of those were stolen in South Africa. <laughs> yeah, they also didn't make very many. So Yeah, so they're all stolen. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully none of them are Chop Shop because they are really cool cars. They are all Chop Shop. Because that's the only S14 sedan ever. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool. cool. Which I don't know if S14s are good or not yet. I'll, I'll, jury's out. Uh, then they also had one more <laughs> model called the 333i, which used the 5 Series 3.4 liter. 333i? Yeah, 333i, which is a I really like cool badge. Yeah, but it had the big big block 6 in it. So Sick. It had, M30? <clears throat> yep, had an M30 B34 in it. Which is a pretty popular. It was really popular in the 90s to do that swap because the engines yeah. were just everywhere. Out of and I believe um, Alpina did an M3 they with did. an M30. It's, I, it wasn't just a normal M30, but it was like a... But it wasn't an S38. It was an M30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think BMW ever... I think, Hart, I think Hartka. Hart, somebody, Hart, Hartke. Hartke. I think they did a, an S38-powered yeah, one, which is the twin-cam right. M5 engine. I don't like the M1. Perfect. Awesome. I almost bought an E30 M3 with one of those engines in it before I found... Or before John found it. Uh, I would have bought that one. It needed it a lot of engine issues. work. But <laughs> still, that engine's probably worth a lot of money, even in its condition. It was. Yeah. But, I mean... Also probably needed $9,000 for the engine work. Hey, you just don't drive it. You park it, and then you save up and buy another one. Anyway, so I bought a car with an M52 in it, <laughs> and then I fixed that. And now it's in my car. Yep, and now that's in John's daily driver. Man, imagine if we were in Europe. We could get those nice uh, S50 B32. Yep. Those things would just, They're, they'd be everywhere. Yeah, 
Yeah. That, I'm, I'm amazed that that's not a more common swap. I mean, we have S54s now, luckily, which are better in every way except for rod bearings. And Vanos. Uh, the, va- the, uh, the Vanos is um, same, basically. It's the hub. Yeah, no, that it's the exhaust off. drive hub, the T. Yeah, but they, um, there's companies that are making new hubs. The, yeah, Beeson Systems, they do the cryo hubs. You know, the, the hubs on and back Motorsport. Two JZ VVTIs don't break. Great. It's something they went completely like, backwards yeah. with that. Like they, that's a they single did it. variable valve timing. <laughs> None of those have ever failed on BMWs. The twin Vanos engines. Oh my god. But yeah, they went backwards. They they mm. had the Vanos perfectly with that S50 B32, yeah. and then they did the S54 and, and the S62 made at the same time with the same parts as the S54. I think it's all down to engine speed. I think that's why they broke. No, I think the issue was there's just so much more play. I don't, the, I don't know the tolerances, but I know that there's, there's less slot. tolerance in the S50 B32. I remember someone kind of looked okay. at it, and yeah, that was the. I think that's. But the, the main cylinder issue. head is worse on the S50 B32. And the injection's way worse. Yeah, I don't really know much else about that engine. They make like they make like 300 horsepower. Well, they're, yeah, they're nice. I just don't know a lot of specifics other than S54s we deserve better. One. Yeah, we deserve. We them. did, but I'm I'm really glad that our E36s got crippled here because I don't like those. And we're not talking about E36s because those are just trash. Unless you're doing a track car, in which case, please do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, traditionally, when people were buying these E30s back in the day, it was you know young, affluent, twenty-somethings, thirty-somethings with good jobs buying them to just use them as their daily drivers. And now, I feel like the culture of who buys these things has changed an awful lot. Uh, well, people are stancing them now, which people are stancing. Yeah, I hate them. to see that. That's <laughs> really true. It, it just can... drifting them to pieces. Mm. And... There is one thing I do want to talk about. Okay. Um, Odd Future, all the dudes from like Tyler the Creators, Rapper. Tyler and um, uh, Earl Sweatshirt, I think has no, one. Who's um, who's the other guy who had a album with an E30 M3 on the cover? Frank Ocean. Yeah, Frank Ocean. Yeah, they both yep. own E30. No, I, I think I, I think it's not just nice. Tower the Creator and Frank Ocean. I think like Earl Sweatshirt and like all the dudes That's have them. And then um, it's they've been in a lot of music videos and stuff too. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Every time I see one, I'm like sick. Yeah, oh, in movies. Um, oh yeah, there's like there's subcultures of people that just spot E30s. And yeah, well, shit. yeah, and then uh, Action Bronson. <laughs> um, he I don't think he has a E30, but I do know he's got an M6. Okay, those yeah. are terrible. No, those are fantastic. You're wrong. No, uh, but anyway, so really, the E30 is... They're the... really, really bad cars, actually. <laughs> I know Ryan's going to tell you otherwise. Rubbish! <laughs> it's all rubbish! The engine's quite good, but... <laughs> I think they look Bollocks! good. They look good with Euro bumpers. Oh, they, but... they look fine, but like the electrical systems in those cars never got figured out. Nope. They're carryovers from the 70s, and they, they look didn't cool. figure it out. That's fine. I never said they didn't okay. look cool. I said they're terrible cars. But uh, no, action process. There's like a lot of. It's like God that car is the it. E30 has like a weird like <laughs> pop culture thing to it. Like because like you know there's like car people that like like weird stuff. Weird what? Yeah, I know, right? No way. But it the things that carry over from like car mm. people to you know your music videos and your normal celebrities and stuff like that and just pop culture. Mm-hmm. That's very. It's usually very little that ca- that has a like, good carryover. But the E30 seems to have been doing that very well. Yeah, and it's like that car's appeal seems just so widespread. I mean, they, I, they really n- nailed it. They have made it perfect. I can't remember the last time if I ever heard somebody that like you point at an E30 like I don't really like those. Nobody has ever. Like I mean, you can like not love them, but like I don't I, I don't know of anyone that dislikes. The thing an is, E30. I think I think every single person likes some variant of the. The E30, because yeah. yeah. my favorite's the wagon and the coupe, is of course. I also really like the the convertibles, 
Well, the M3 is the right answer. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, as far as, like, you know, not M3, but, like, the, I really like the wagons and the coops, but... I do like wagons. Are sick. Wagons yeah. are really sick, but it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, there's... I've always said that there is a... It's not that people aren't car enthusiasts. It's just they haven't found the right car. I feel like people that say they don't like the E30 just have not found the right version of it. Pretty much. I mean, there's so much. The, the gamut. I mean, you can go from a carbureted 1.6 coupe to a all-wheel drive 2.5-liter sedan. Wagon. To, yeah, yeah. wagon. <laughs> you, you, you could get a 2.4-liter turbo diesel manual E30 wagon. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and then you all-wheel could also drive. get a homologation DTM touring right. car. Exactly. So, I mean, just between like those three points of this really weird German triangle, like you've got <laughs> a lot of room to work around for stuff that you like. Yeah, it's... There, there's there's nothing wrong with that car. I think the only thing I can act, I can honestly fault that car on that would be me. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, okay. The the only um, thing I can really truly honestly fault that car on is the uh, stupid struts. Very. Oh, you mean the knuckles on the non? Yeah, yeah, those are stupid. The E30 M3 solved that. Also, the IX is even worse than the rear wheel drive car. For Wait, that what's kind of what's thing. wrong with it? How you have to take two ball joints apart just to change a strut? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. really dumb. Like, that's almost as dumb as the crest where you have to like, weld shit together. I mean, it's not horrible to, to do. To put coilovers in an E30, you have to weld. That's what I mean. Yes, like that, that's so like, that's stupid. That's really dumb. Well, you don't really need coilovers. You don't need coilovers. They drive so much better with springs and shocks. And but plus, still, it's yeah, like, you can't chop up at least M3 struts. Like If you are, do that, people will actually find you and murder I think, you. Yeah. I yeah. can't remember. I think they went up in price. I can't remember if they're $900 a side or $1,800 a side. But they, are, they they have not been nine hundred dollars aside for more than ten years, so Good. they're at least eighteen. They're at least eighteen hundred dollars aside for an empty strut housing. If for an they're M3. still available, Good. if they're still available, I don't think they're available new. I think you got to buy them used. I think that's used price. But anyway, yeah, I'll keep any, talking while any, any car that has John looks that up. Any mm. car that has a that requires welding to put coil over in it, that's a stupid design. I agree, but the car is still really good. No, so. I, as I say, like, that's my only fault in that yeah. car, though. I agree. So. I, the thing I like less about that, just pertaining to suspension, is how how you load the strut into the strut housing. Yeah. Because it's a giant threaded cover thing that holds it in, and they rust in place like crazy. Yeah, of course they're going to rust in place. Like, why would they... <clears throat> who would think that it's not going to rust? I don't know. Like, you have eight feet of surface area on that that is one of the things in that car that tells you how old the design was yeah because modern cars are all mcpherson strut and it's all like 20 minutes to change out a corner of suspension and on these cars um, you got to be motivated wheel bolts another thing i'm not a big fan of i love wheel bolts okay have fun breaking a stud and replacing that I'm sorry, what about having a, the wheel fly off a car on... Uh, that doesn't fun? happen all that often. <clears throat> and it happens that, once in a while. It would still happen with studs, too, okay. but it would take a lot longer, and you'd have more warning. Exactly. <laughs> I have a confirmation on the prices of the uh, strut assemblies. Uh, oh, okay. This one happens to be 16% off MSRP, which is normally $1,859.73. So what you're telling me is that's a deal, and we should buy now. But yeah, apparently we're getting a deal at uh, $1,500. So. That's for an empty strut housing for an 30 and 3. Yes. Jesus. Still available. One though. side. One side. Uh, it's ECS tuning, so who knows? Like, okay. They're infamous for uh, being okay. like, oh, yeah, we'll ship it in five days or it's in stock. Oh, okay. this hey, is, it's, isn't it's this a company in stock that, in our warehouse in Uzbekistan. This is the company that has the uh, Sport Evo wheels in stock or no? I mean, yeah. Or is that Turner? That's like, no, this is ECS. Okay. 
ECS is horrible. They'll they'll list stuff as like it'll ship out, you know, next month. Mm-hmm. Like they'll get it from Europe or something. You'll wait a month and then all of a sudden they'll be like, "Yeah, sorry, you're not getting your part." Like yeah. there's yeah. so oh, many I, stories of that. There uh, we use them out of necessity well, semi-regularly. It's a huge Volkswagen parts supplier. Yeah, well, but I mean like they're one of the few people that actually have access to Volkswagen Croatia and Estonia's parts departments. Okay. Which sounds really weird, but the Eurovan had Say, a con- the, like Seat and stuff. Or? No, no, like actual Volkswagen. But the Eurovan oh, had okay. a continuation there, like well until like up to the recession, hmm. like as the Eurovan that we got. Okay. So like they actually have like all the weird five cylinder plastic cool oh, pieces. Oh, great! Yeah, so it's like I've got people with five cylinder Eurovans. They're like, hey, I got this one stupid cool line that broke. Sorry, dude, your car's down for the count for the foreseeable future. You go, well, it says it's in Croatia right here on ECS. I'm, it says that, doesn't it? But I can guarantee you that I may get a call back and say, hey, that's on back order for two months. Mm-hmm. But you will get it in until two we, months. Until we find a company yeah. that's willing to make them again, basically. Exactly, and then yeah. we can sell them to you. Yeah, ECS, so. ECS is, they've had some... Recently, have had a lot of flack. Uh, yeah. Didn't they buy out, what other, uh, they bought, Tuner? It wasn't Turner. Turner, Turner. No, is that the, was it Turner or Bimmer World they bought? It no, I think Turner. it's Turner. Okay. Yeah, and they like perfect. They're made for each other. Yeah, ECS is just. They both tell you if you if you need BMW not. parts, I can't speak for any other brands, but if Blunt you need Tech. BMW parts, go to Blunt Tech. Sales at BluntTech.com. They don't pay us. They're just good. Yeah. Now, what I'm gonna go with is MA Performance. Sure. Uh, yeah, MA's, because yeah, MA's their website is awful, <clears> but um, <laughs> they. They really go out of their way. And it's local, and they're really good. Yeah, but well, no, th- the thing is, like, if they have something, because they'll have, like, ECS problems happen from time to time. Mm-hmm. But they go out of their way to be like, hey, we don't have this. I can refund this, or I can give you store credit, or I can give you this other one. And, like, I've seen them, like, actually, like, sell stuff at cost to make sure that they make the customer happy. Mm-hmm. Or even take an L. Yeah, no, he used to work the there. Yeah, I used to work work there too, like way back in the day. But I mean, like more recently, like they a lot of companies. Long time like, listeners will remember. Yeah, like <laughs> five 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 years ago, I worked there. But mm-hmm. um, I remember that. in in five years, you can a company can change a lot. Uh, th- this company is still really up there with their customer service, and customer service is huge. We've got so. a lot of pretty good car stuff going on here. I mean, those are both nationally really well known yeah. things, and they're both like. I'm not going to call them small-time operations because they're not. No, but, they're like, not. They're local. No, yeah, <laughs> they're really good. Yeah, yeah. it may perform business. It may performance this facility is like getting close to the size of a super value facility <laughs> in Hopkins. I couldn't believe when I this is going to be a tangent. I I don't normally do this, but whatever. Fuck it. Grim Speed. Yeah, they're huge. I can't. I, like a couple years ago, I didn't even know they were local, and now yeah, I'm just like, are. wow. Okay, that they're operation massive. is literally like across the street from where I work, and that's like a nationally like yeah. really highly regarded Subaru tuning company. Yeah, it's like they're okay, very good. Yeah. So my problem is they don't make anything for any of my cars. I'm just sitting on five hundred dollars <laughs> of gift cards that I can't use because they don't make anything for any of my cars. What'd you say, honey? I said I'll take that off your I, hands. Can you turn on Jan's spot? It is on, but she's just not talking into it. Yeah. No, you, talking to the mic, not me. You gotta talk higher or move the mic down. Your yeah, laptop's yeah, in the way, I guess. Yeah, you just just stand up by the microphone. I said, I'll take <laughs> That's better. That off your hands. Oh, okay, perfect. Jana wants your money, yeah. basically. Okay, that, that that was very difficult, but <laughs> Ryan, you haven't known him here about I'm somewhere getting over that weird like voice thing I had last week, so I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. That was quite a frog. Yeah. Ryan, you haven't known in here about Remace? Uh yes, actually. Um Remace, uh they started out actually doing electric conversions on E thirties in Croatia. Was that just like mules or did they actually use them as daily drivers? 
Well, I think they, they would actually like sell them to people like over the counter. Like that's where they made, like they started out as they put like electric motors into E thirties and they would be faster than the original one. BM. I know it's off a little off topic, sort of BMW had a, had a E 30 with electric motor in it. Like BMW actually had that. Yeah, it, it was never good. released, but yeah. yeah, they they definitely did make a full EV E30 way back in the day with lead acid batteries. That's and, super cool. Yeah, but like that's you don't have to make that. It's just some being uh, awesome. I'm gonna see if I can find that. I wonder if that's where Remace got the idea. But yeah, no, Remace actually uh, World Cup of Cars. Yay! They made it way further than I thought they would. Um, <laughs> yeah, they didn't win, but I mean, we, we like them. Their CEO seems pretty cool. I'm more excited about the company, the countries that didn't win than the countries that actually did. Because, I mean, cool, France and Japan, you expect that. But, dude, let's talk about Yugoslavia. Uh, yeah. I, we... Here, go, go back up. Those are Remes right there, green one. This one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, John and I have both seen the, the old black and white photos of the electric E30, but I don't know where those are. So, but anyway, they they did do a factory supported one. Obviously, it wasn't high performance and cool like the Remace one, but yeah, the the Remace ones actually made like mm. they do drift cars and stuff with them, which is pretty cool. Electric motor would be really rad for drifting, actually. It'd be really yeah, good. It'd yeah, it'd be perfect. Yeah, tons of shitloads of torque, wheel speed. Yeah, and then oh. just mm. interesting. I'll have to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to go drifting, but I mean, you could build a pretty rad drift car with that. Yeah, hey, yeah. maybe do that with one of your IXs that are worth absolutely nothing that nobody wants. I parted out one of them, and I'm just about to part out the second one. The red one? Maybe. You really need to get rid of that so I can say that I have more E30s than you. Because John I was really excited. So he texted me the other day like, oh, wait, do you have three E30s or two? I'm like, three? Why? He's like, shoot, what's the third one? I'm like, the red IX? He's like, ah, oh, damn that, it, you should I, get rid of that. That, so we, almost sold my dad. that we almost <laughs> sold to my dad, and then the previous douchebag owner put on some Volkswagen wheels that don't No fit. hub centrics and they had like a little spacer in there and that just made the bolts all come out at once. Yep, all at the same time. <clears throat> on the highway. ruined a perfect fender. I was so pissed. Yeah, now that was, uh, we don't speak of that day. I'm, I'm also, I, I think I'm also more mad about that because my dad ended up buying a uh, Mazda 3. Uh-huh. I was like, my, 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 my end goal was... To buy that for, to, from my dad for a lesson he bought it for you from. That, that's that's kind of how I buy cars too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I usually get somebody I know to buy something. Like and my then mother and her sport wagon. It. Yeah, like wait till they break it and then buy it for way less. Mom, yeah. buy this M Sport diesel 3 Series wagon. You'll love it. And she, <laughs> yes. she actually does. Super reliable. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's good. She gets that's, like 43 miles to the gallon. That's so why my mom wonderful. has a manual Mazda 2 right now. There you go. Your parents need reliability and... Yeah, um, yeah. Tell me about it. And somehow we did end up with a Mazda three. So we're about to see like what the reliability of my van is if oh I do my. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right. Well, that's the end of my notes. I mean, if you guys have anything else you want to talk about, you know, I, th- I, I think anything, but it's been. Oh, I have. I have a little bit of auto uh, auto journalism. News. Sure. Go for it. So I found this on like a shit posting group, and I Those guess. Those are my favorite. So someone in. Um, it, in the Bay Area in California, okay. was really smart, and I'm going to tell the story, and then you've got to guess what car it was. Okay. Uh, they uh, parked their car on a boat ramp and lost it in the tide. And uh, in the Bay Area. In the Bay Area. Okay. Um, during a photo shoot of said vehicle. Can I get like any more kind of vague hints? Uh, the people were in said car what? 
Well, the tide <laughs> took it away. They, they, the tide in doesn't a, just come in in, in like two uh, seconds. Yeah, <laughs> an onlooker had Was to call. Was this vehicle a factory ride height vehicle? It didn't mention that in the okay. article, right. but I would assume not. Okay. I'm going to say um, Volkswagen. I'm going to say yeah, Mark IV Volkswagen Jetta. Yeah. Close. It was a Subaru. I oh, think it was man. just a. That thing must have been so stanced to get taken away by Yeah, a what tide. the hell? Well, <laughs> like, I, I, I'll, like, <clears throat> have I you close, guys post the, the kind of uh, post the article on well, maybe uh, I can just Motor find Cult. It. I think I might have sent it to Corey on Facebook, but it was just like. I read it and I didn't even see what car it was. And I was like, dear God, it's got to be a Subaru. And it was like the two people were actually injured from this. And well, I that's what they get. Because like, I guess the car slipped into the tide. So but, uh, well, did they not they, like, see it? Like completely drowned the vehicle. Wait, was, the ve- was the tide like obscured from vape smoke or like? <laughs> I have no idea. They just like a giant like opaque oh, cloud of vape God. smoke. Here, let me see it. Merged. In Mission Bay. Try and get, give me Corey's girlfriend. Girlfriend? <coughs> okay. okay. like right, we found it. I love that color. I know I do, but it looks like it'd be Jana's. Oh. That's literally, oh. that is not even a special Subaru. It is just a stock Subaru Impreza Sport. Yeah. <coughs> Owners must love that thing if they're doing a photo shoot with it. <laughs> why? But how? Yeah. I have questions. How and why? Who's responsible for this? We need them on the podcast now. <laughs> Fly him out. The incident happened around 12.20 p.m. Oh my god. Blue Super no. started to slip into the water and called 9-11. And yes, so, I do say 9-11. Wait, wait, one Screw second. All of you. Porsche? When I finish the Porsche, call, the Porsche, car Porsche, is already Porsche. drowned. Manuel Silla. All right. <laughs> they were very unfamiliar with how an actual boating ramp works and the dangers involved, he said. <laughs> can we, um... Apparently they don't know how Can you Google either. this person? I mean, I'm just curious if they're an automotive journalist. Like, why were they taking a photo shoot of a brand new stock car? I don't get it. I think that, that the years are kids that were, like, super, like, stoked that they got a Subaru. It's just, like, a few models lower than an STI. Bruh. There, there's so many different manual souls. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe this guy will have a picture of a Subaru <laughs> as his like. <laughs> You're looking. It's like it was a cover yeah, no, photo like... of a Subaru in the water. Yeah, his stock like, Subaru with some sweet Photoshop effects on it. His stock Subaru. He's like, I got, I got like torque vectoring. Look how great it is. It's as good as an E30. <laughs> how can he afford to edit all the vape smoke out? <laughs> no, you don't. You don't edit it. That, that's oh. why like everybody with a Subaru really likes synthwave. Because then you just need to add neon lights. <laughs> boom, Synthwave album cover right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad they don't make much Synthwave anymore. Because there's an abundance of future album covers just coming out every day. Yeah, well, no, I mean, they, they do make Synthwave. It's getting bigger and bigger every day. It's well, like fantastic. Yeah, it's still not like a very common genre as far as everything else is concerned. It, it, no, no. It, it's still a, a very <laughs> underground EDM subgenre. I mean, it's my favorite. It replaced metal as my favorite genre of music. Like, okay, that is that's a digression too far. I think that might be we're, a bombshell. I, I think I think that's a that's a good bombshell <laughs> that uh, a, synthwave gotta, is better than heavy metal. This was a pretty healthy uh, yeah. episode. It was so I think we can, we can hour and that. forty minutes. So yeah, I think our special should just be like yeah. an hour and forty five. That's fine. Hour and forty or so. It felt totally natural. But so. yeah, yeah, I just I just had to share that article with you guys. No, that's that's good. <laughs> oh, good hey, hang on, hang on one second before we end the episode, John. For the record, what is your favorite E thirty? Oh yeah. Um, are we 
I mean, can I say M3? Because that's sure. obviously it. Um, you can say whatever you want. What's your favorite E30 and what's your favorite not an M3 E30 then? Okay. Right, okay. Um, Special editions like AC, AC schnitzers and stuff count as well. Okay. Um, I think I'd probably have to go with the Evo 3 um, with black leather. I don't really... That's still an M3. I used, well, yeah. But yeah, for the for M3. M3 and then okay. not M3. Right. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really a huge fan of the... Sport Evo cloth, like it looks kind of good in pictures, but when you see it in person, it's, I want it's leather a little much. Yeah, like black leather is definitely the way to go. And if I had to pick a non M three, um, I'd probably Should go with a wagon. Probably a, probably what, a wagon. What engine? Factory M twenty. Okay. Yeah. I I'd, mean, I'd, I'd go M twenty one. I could pick if I could pick any engine, man. Uh, factory motor. I would take a M twenty one. Throw an S62 in there. That'd be sick. 324 TD. Bro. Or uh, what's the E60 V10? Oh, S85. Yeah. That does sort of fit. Maybe one day once. I haven't seen anything on that car for a long time. Yeah. Kinda that sad. that was supposed to be done like for two vintage, years like ago. Four years ago. Yeah. Okay. I've lost track of time on that one. <laughs> and it's not even my car. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah. All E30s are good E30s. They, yeah, that's yeah, well, except, except unless there's unless they're stanced. Or IXs. That, that's the only one that's not good. Or IXs. They're good for parts. Wow. They are good for making profit. I'll say that. But yeah, I can't see myself ever owning one. Plus, they, all all the IXs are rusted to hell at this point. Or some most of them aren't. Most like, of them are. If they're not, that means that it wasn't used properly. Yeah, one my dad was in bad. It's in pretty good, yeah, yeah, pretty good shape. That's why I'm so hesitant to part it out because it is still a nice car. I, I would honestly just sell it, <sighs> but it's worth more in parts. It's worth so much more in parts. Yeah, but I mean, it, that's the thing is like that's like it, that is such a particularly I deliberately. Good car. I, that's why I put an engine in it. When I bought that, it had a well ventilated engine block. A well ventilated block. <laughs> well ventilated. No, um, no blow by issues at all. Just good, so, good crankcase so ventilation. So, Burger, what's your favorite? M oh, all right, other than the M3, because it's obvious, obviously the M3, but... The well, I mean, I'd pick the 320 IS, but that's kind of a cop-out, because it's almost an M3. The, so either an M3 or almost an M3. Well, but <laughs> I like the 320 IS because it's a sedan, and I think that's by... It's an M-Tech 2 sedan, so it's got, like, the most updated externals, and it's got arguably the best engine that was offered in an E30 stock. Yeah. But if I couldn't have that, I would take a Wagon 324 turbo diesel manual, because that was a factory engine in Europe. Okay, I, yeah, think, I don't. I don't know a lot about the diesel engines, but I know it's pretty good. I would say um, either for me. Oh, I, Ryan, what E thirty M or non M would you take? Well, I, I don't really care about M three. Just an M three, just because it's worth money. You can't afford it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't afford it. However, <laughs> I would say um, a late model uh, convertible. Okay. Once it was, he said it was like ninety one to ninety three. Ninety one to ninety three, where they got the big taillights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big taillight uh, convertible with the AC Schnitzer wide body. Those, I think the Schnitzer stuff was only the early bumper. This is on the early, on an early bumper, but that, they, if they had that available, that's an M3 convertible replica. Okay, that's yeah. all fiberglass. Yeah, but that that looks awesome. That's also or an early convertible. The other one, yes, it is early convertible because I saw how small those taillights are. <laughs> uh, the other one is the Koenig <clears throat> wide body by Koenig Specials. I really hate that thing. <laughs> Both of these I nah. chose to trigger burger. But nah, no, I'm not a fan of that second one. For nah, sure. uh, to, to be honest, that's I, like the ready 30 M3 for the guy that bought my black one. 
Yeah, it's got like STI bug eye rally lights grafted into a bumper, and it's like ugh. honestly, it would probably. Be, I, I do really like the sedan with the big tail lights. Oh yeah, yeah. and that's got the a heck narrow, blend narrow, in it too. Yeah, narrow bumpers. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that one I think is as far as not stupid things I get to trigger people. That'd be it. Did late model convertibles ever lose that third brake light on the trunk, or did it just get smaller? No, it got smaller in '88, okay. but they never got could, rid of it. Could you get a trunk from one that didn't have? Of course, it? yeah, yeah coupe, it was way coupe, better because it's sedan. Yeah. Both so you can you can get a big tail light convertible with no third yeah. high mount. Perfect. Yeah, the uh, yeah, those I would the do trunks that. are all the same size. I would honestly do that because I think I, I really like the convertible. I do too. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was the first two E30s I owned were convertibles. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm like one of five millennials that actually likes convertibles. So. Oh, I'm a huge brick guy. I just I would prefer a convertible. That's not an E30 and then E30s that yeah, are, yeah. aren't. But I mean, if I only had, a few. I just I I don't like slick tops because I, I get seasonal depression in Minnesota. So last thing I need is to not have more sun shining on me in like oh, man. all February. the E30s need to be no sunroof. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, well, that's the thing is convertible sunroof, uh, target top, something, anything, power. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and on the note that Ryan wants a Bauer TC <clears throat> E30, we'll, we'll go ahead and close our 50th episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everyone that is listening. I hope uh, John's Twitch streamers didn't all unsubscribe from him with the boring nature of this. No, very... no this is this is on par for normal okay, Twitch streamers. Cool. They watched you shovel snow. <clears throat> yeah, they watched me shovel snow. I think this is so. DM John and tell him <laughs> if this is more or less entertaining than the snow shoveling video. Yes, please tell me. Also, thank you for having me. Of course, yeah. Thanks yeah, for th- coming. Thank you, thank you for letting me force you come down and do you're, this. You're always I, welcome. I was like, oh, he's in New York. There's no way he's making it back for in, in time for the podcast. And I'm no, like, that's oh. that's how Burger is. <laughs> I saw that he was in New York, and I was like, how fast is he going to come back? I was like, you better drive that Lambo I got, really fast. I got back, back at <laughs> midnight, 15 after midnight yesterday, and oh. Modi was very displeased. That was that's really good time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I chose flights that were like well yeah we. I'm really glad that we had seven hours there because it turns out LaGuardia is the shittiest airport. Sorry. Um, sh- um, what's what's a non-curse? <laughs> Poop. It's poopiest. the poopiest airport in all of the United States. You're welcome from <clears throat> a early education Thank teacher. you. Uh, just ignore the first word I said. If, if any children were listening, I, I said poop. And then tell your parents I said poop. Um, but uh, that is the poopiest airport ever. It had one place in it that had beer and food. That is awful. And it was a Sodexo lunchroom-grade burger, which was amazing because I was hungry. And it had, <laughs> like, Blue Moon and, like, an IPA. So I just had a bunch of Blue Moons. But, like, yeah. again, that was, like, the best beer I'd ever had because it was, like, eight hours since I had last yeah. had any food then or drink. Then you got free beer on the plane. And then, yeah, like, the last two legs. So I had a layover from New York to D.C. And then D.C. You got free beer? What, what, what? I got three free beers on the airplane. What? From what? the air hostess. All right, so uh, what... What, what, who is, what plane were you American. In, American? In poverty class, too. I was in scum class. Well, I wasn't like, even wasn't in it, Isn't American class. the one that, like, <clears throat> like takes away your pets, like, defenestrates and, like, beats it, like, knocks your teeth out? I don't know, but is I, that United? from three different <laughs> flight oh, attendants, okay. three different flight attendants, I got three separate free beers, and they're like, how much are you? Like, nah, don't worry about it. It's like, what? That's even, thank you, but. Did they, did they take a fancy to you? I don't know. Maybe I can't were, imagine. Maybe, I mean, cute. I looked like death after that. Yeah, maybe that they were keen on you. They, <laughs> you should they be thought like, you needed it. I mean... Did they, you mention you were there buying a Lambo? Were I did like, have this oh, Ferrari jacket on. Maybe they were turned on it. by That's this probably, crest here. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry, I washed it since then, so it's not dirty. But <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, yeah, I, 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 I am all over the place all the time, as all of you know. So there's that. And I'm keeping on trying to close this, but I'm going to do it for real this time. So thank, thank you all for watching. Thank you, John, for coming down and yep. for letting us Twitch stream. And uh, we'll catch most of you uh, next week. But uh, if you like this on Twitch, find us at MotorCult on iTunes, YouTube, or Facebook. Thanks. Bye.